killer clowns. I didn't know this movie was about cops. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh. the killer clowns are better than cops, so. It's true. I will not slander them. That's like when you call cops pigs, and it's like, pigs are better than that. Don't. I love a little piggy, but not a cop. <gasps> ink, 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 ink. The girls who cried behind her. Hi everyone, I'm Anya. Hi, I'm Alex. And welcome to episode number three of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. Ooh, if you've gotten so through exciting. our very long first two episodes and our mini-sode at this point. Yes, ugh. I'm so excited. Like, we've, we've been talking about nonstop, just, like, how proud we are of ourselves. We love to pat ourselves on the fucking back. Um, and it's just so exciting that we're on episode three already. I mean, it feels already because, like, we're just, like, recording them. Mm-hmm. But, like, you guys won't get them until once a month. Yeah. As a treat. I mean, we've also been talking about doing this podcast for, like, months and months at this point. Oh, so yeah. It feels good to, like, be in it now. It feels good to be doing it and to, like – be doing it in a way where it's like, because there's so many projects that I've had where I'm like, oh, I'm finally going to do it. And then I do it and I do like one part of it or, mm-hmm. I, or whatever. And I look back at it immediately and I'm like, yeah, it was garbage. And there was probably a reason why I was like waiting to do it is because I knew subconsciously that it would be garbage. And this is like one of the few times when I like had a project that I want to do and we've done it. And I'm like, no, I love this. Geniuses. Yeah. I mean, literal I geniuses. I don't really have any creative projects I ever usually do. So this is very nice. It's new. It's a little scary, but it's fun. And people like and, it, I think. So, yeah. I'm Y'all happy. better fucking like it. You better like it. Um, okay. Anyways. Anywho. So, if you're joining us this week, you might have already figured it out. Not this week. I keep saying this week as if we have the time to be doing this shit every week. This month. God damn. If you're joining us this month, you might have already figured out that our pick was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> oh, it's a motherfucking classique. So, um, this one's really interesting because, like, definitely a cult hit, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, they did have a $2 million budget, which I'm going to bring up in a couple minutes with our uh, behind-the-scenes facts, um, mm-hmm. which some of you might be thinking, oh, $2 million. That's not B-horror. Girl, shut your mouth. Yes, it is. Um, because this is a movie that not only, like, is B-horror, but it also, it's one of those ones where it's, like, it's kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show in a sense, where it's, like, it is B-horror. I consider it B-horror. Um, <clears throat> but it also, it's, like, paying tribute to slash parodying it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, essentially, like, they're doing one long bit the entire time and everyone's in on it. Yeah. And that's the movie. And it's wonderful. Um, so, yeah, I personally love Killer Clowns. It's so funny because I said to Alex yesterday when I watched it that almost only a day off, if I watched it a day earlier, it would have been literally in exactly a year since the first time I saw this movie. Um, I loved it more than the first time I saw it, and I really loved it the first time I saw it. Um, I cannot recommend enough. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on Killer Clowns? Yeah, I mean, I was just telling you this, but um, I saw it one time before because the... I guess I'm going to shout them out. I was going to be like, I shouldn't, like, locate myself, but who cares? Uh, the Coolidge Corner Theater does a, every Halloween, they do, like, an overnight horror marathon where they play, like, six horror movies. It's always so much fun. They do, like, a theme, and one of the first years that they did it, they played Killer Clowns, and, like, I had a lot of fun, but it was also, like, 5 a.m. at that point when it played, so I fell asleep at parts, just because I was 
dead. Um, so, like, I remember just waking up and seeing, like, fucking cotton candy everywhere and being like, what is happening? I like it. What? And then falling back asleep. <laughs> so, this time it was really nice to actually be able to watch the movie and really focus on it. Um, I had a lot of fun. I feel like this is a movie that if you, you know, get together with a few people and, like, have a few drinks, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. But also, oh, 100%. Oh, it's just such a good time. Um, and I don't know where the $2 million went because... Uh, I the do! Whole, the whole set is just like those shitty little plastic balls you find in a ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. I, I, the thing about it is just like, yes, but I almost disagree with you a little bit. Like, okay. the, the thing is like, this movie looks fantastic. The set design is incredible. I will give it that. Like, it's just so fun. Like, it's just so fun to look at. And then it's, like, because I feel like a lot of times as a horror fan, like, I don't want to belittle the genre because, like, the genre is vast and incredible and it's why it's both of our favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of times when you go into a horror film, you know, you get something where it's, like, it's dark, it's spooky, whatever. And I love that. But it's very rare, which is why, like, something like Midsommar was great, Mm -hmm. where it's, like, you get something bright and vibrant Mm -hmm. and it's also fucking scary. And it's evil. Like, yes, give me that. I love that. Um, And Killer Clowns is exactly that. It's the perfect, it's a movie that, like, I would love to see in a drive-in theater. Oh, yeah. I I mean, it's like the perfect drive-in movie. Perfect. It's just unmistakably so 80s and, like, Mm -hmm. retro and fun. It reminds me a lot of the theater before we did our renovations when it had, like, all the 90s. I thought about that. Like, zigzags everywhere. Like, the set design is great. The clowns are great. I just think that every prop that's used looks like it's made of plastic and it weighs two pounds. Correct. Um, but, like, that's half the fun of it. I just would never think that this had a big budget unless you told me that. Like, I would I would be like, oh, yeah, this budget had, like, 75 bucks. And then they did yeah, some, like, exactly. CGI. But um, I guess not. But yeah. So, I hope you're all excited if you want to watch Killer Clowns. It is available currently as we are recording this, and I hope it still will be when come July 1st when we release this episode. It is on Netflix, and I also believe, let me check very quickly, I believe it's on somewhere else as well. It's available to stream. All right, here we go. On Netflix for free, on Tubi for free, and apparently it's telling me as well, it's also on YouTube for free. Oh, perfect. So if you don't have a Netflix subscription, then just go on YouTube. Or Tubi or whatever. But also, um, it's 2020. I think you probably have a, a Netflix subscription. Or, yeah, or using I'm somebody sure most else's. most of you have a Netflix subscription. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and it's it's also like a perfect summer flick. Like Alex was saying, like, it is a great movie, like, to watch with your friends. Just, like, chilling, hanging out. Because, like, it, there's so much. We're going to get into it. There's they there's so much in this movie to have fun with. Literally, like, every scene. It's, a ni- it's like, what, 90 minutes? They don't waste Not any even. fucking time. Yeah, and I mean, not, they not don't take, there's not a minute of this movie where it takes itself seriously. No. Which I love. But, like, it, it's perfect. It's perfect, it's perfect, it's perfect. Okay, so, let's get in before we uh, start telling you all the delicious details of the plot um, to some fun background. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Always. Okay. So, here's one. It's not... It's kind of a lukewarm little fact, but I gotta throw it in. So, the old guy in the movie was yep. on, like, the front porch with his dog, uh, played by Royal Dano, I believe his name is pronounced. He also did the voices, or the voice, I don't know why I said voices, the voice for Abraham Lincoln in the Disneyland animatronic show. Weird. 
Yeah, so so weird. I mean, that's I just a little random fun fact. I if you're a Disney fanatic, that man's name I literally wrote old man. I think I. Said, I don't think he has a name. I wrote I old just, man, very hillbilly. Correct. I put like old guy or something. Yeah. Um. Okay. Now let's get to the budget. Okay. So as I previously said, this movie had a budget of two million motherfucking dollars. And in the eighties, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. It like is, we yeah, need to put is. that in context. That this is nineteen eighty eight. And so a $2 mm-hmm. million dollar budget back then, I, I mean, I can't, like, budget for inflation, but I'm sure that is a lot more now. So most of the budget, now if you've seen this movie, hopefully you have, um, and you're thinking, oh, well, the, I know what the budget went to. It went to those, like, obscene, huge, whatever clown costumes, of mm-hmm. course, right? No, 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 ma'am. Most of the budget primarily went to just production costs. So the plastic guns. I don't even know. If they didn't specify, I feel like production costs are just like, I don't know, paying your crew or all that shit. Um, but the clowns mm-hmm. and most of the visual effects um, were almost paid for entirely by the filmmakers at very little cost. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know how they fucking managed that one, but Godspeed. I love it. I mean, I think he, I'm not going to talk shit. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, so this movie was written, produced, and directed by three brothers, uh, Charles, Edward, and Stephen Chita. No, God, that's not how you say it. Chiado? You know I'm bad with names. Like the band Chiodos? Maybe. Are they the band? Maybe. Oh my God, they became a screamo band. I mean, I would buy it. So in 1982, they founded their own production company, the Chiodo Brothers Productions, and a lot of their famous work, other than this movie, you might recognize because it includes um, the Large Marge claymation from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, fun. Tell them Large Marge sent you. Love her. Queen. <laughs> um, and the monster effects in Critters. Oh, I still have not seen Critters. I've seen Critters. I'm not impressed. Sorry. I need to see it because it's, I got one of the little Critters in my pocket on Bridget's artwork for us. So I feel yes. obligated to see Critters purely because... I have one. We'll cover it eventually on this podcast. Don't y'all worry. Um, and speaking of the, keeping with the Chiodo brothers, that's how you say it. Um, the premise of this film was very simple at first. It came from Stephen Chiodo and all he did was he thought like, what's the scariest image I can like conjure up in my mind? And what he came <laughs> up with was the image of driving on a lonely mountain road by yourself and then someone passing you on your left. And when you turn to see who it is, it's a clown. Okay. So then when he told this to his brothers, they were like, well, what if that clown was actually an alien? And what if he wasn't even driving a car? It was just, like, levitating. That was it. Which ends up, if you've seen the movie, mm-hmm. is essentially a scene in the movie. It's such a good That scene. alone, they were like, we're making this movie. And what you end up with is fucking insanity. I wish more people would just go off of, like, batshit ideas that they had and just make movies of it. Well, it's a really great idea because, um... Not that this is really a secret, but I've been working on writing a horror movie with a very dear friend of mine, Roberto, um, and it's been a process. We won't get into it. We're trying our best. We're trying to give y'all iconicness to last the ages. Um, but something that we always discuss, and like something that I've heard other <laughs> horror writers and creators bring up, is just like the best way to like write horror or stuff like that is like essentially with most writing, honestly, is like go on what you know. So, like, if you're talking specifically on horror, like, what's something that scares you? Mm-hmm. 
Like, it's almost, it's so easy to get caught up in, like, oh, how can I, like, scare the shit out of somebody else? But most of the time, things that scare you will also scare the shit out of other people. Mm -hmm. And because it scares you so much, like, you are writing from that place of, like, fear, and it's going to become so much more real. Where, like, obviously, as we said, like, this movie is very campy, very over the top. It's never taking itself seriously. But at the same time, like, I'm sure that if you were young enough and you saw this, it probably traumatized you. Like, these clowns are not cute. They're fucking creepy as fuck and scary looking. And I also Um, feel like back then in the 80s, like, I mean, aside from it, like, I don't really know. I I can't think off the top of my head of, like, that many clown movies. Right. In horror. I feel like now, you know, horror is saturated with clowns. But I feel, yeah, there's like 10 million Netflix movies with clowns in them. Yeah, I mean, but like back then, I mean, other than Pennywise, like, I don't really know any clowns that were like something that was like scary because I think clowns still then were like, you know, used all the time at like birthday parties. Like, you had fucking Mm -hmm. Ronald McDonald. Like, it was like a friendly, family friendly kind of like job, I guess, and like image. So. Yeah, making clowns scary in the 80s, like, definitely would have fucking traumatized me if I was little. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Cheeto, I keep saying Cheeto. Cheetos! Um, um, the Chiodo brothers, also used for the film, they used a lot of their friends, um, in the film to make the costs go down. So that included Grant Kramer, who plays Mike, uh, Michael S. Siegel, who plays um, Rich, and Mm -hmm. then Paul uh, Lacasse, who plays Paul, who are the Terenzi brothers in the movie, and Johnny Martin, who plays Joe Lombardo, who is a character who we only see in um, A Cotton Candy Cocoon. Yeah, but Um, they talk about Joe Lombardo, like, four times. Well, I'll come back to that, because that's my (laughs) other fun fact. Um, But... I love that. Uh, I love the idea of just, like, having your friend, especially in a movie this fun. Like, imagine how fun it would be to make a movie like this, and then for the most part, it's, like, it's consisted of just your friends. Yeah, that'd be great. I would love that. Because I feel like a lot of times, not that that's, like, you know, oh, my God, a brand new concept. Like, a lot of filmmakers, especially, like, people are just breaking into the industry and independent filmmakers, like, of course they're going to use their friends. Mm -hmm. They don't have big budgets. But I feel like a lot of the times, like, no Tino Shade at literally anyone specific. I don't have anyone in mind. But just, like, if you watch any kind of movie like that, like, expect, like, say, a student film where they use your friends, like, they look, they're shitty a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Because mostly your friends can't act for shit. Like, Correct. that's just the truth. So, like, that's the only thing I'm always just like, oh, I would love to make a movie with my friends. And once again, no Tino Shade at literally any of my friends. But I'm like, would my friends be able to pull it off? Oh, And I'm someone that, like, the second I not, get in, like, you would not want to cast you say? Me, you would not want to cast me in your movie. Trust no. me, right <laughs> now, I would not do a good job. Like, I'm just like, I know that I would be like, no, guys, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And then we'd get there and, like, someone would, like, flub something. And I'd be like, um... Fucking get it right. Like, I would become a director Zilla or whatever the fucking word would be immediately. I used to, in junior year of high school, we had this English, this advanced English class. And for some reason, our teacher was like, every week we're going to perform skits. Like, she was, like, the head of the drama department. So she was on one. Mm-hmm. Love her, but she was on one. So every week we had to, like, write skits based on, like, characters in the books we were reading or whatever. And, like, perform. They were, like, productions. And I went ape shit during this so anytime whatever my group was like i took control every time i was a literal monster like i was like controlling i was like yeah we're gonna split up so like we'll each write a part of the script and they'd like put their part of the script in the google doc and i'd be like garbage i'm rewriting it (laughs) 
Like, I was the literal worst. So I can foresee that if I ever end up making a movie and I'm in a director position, run for the hills, baby, because I'm going to be a monster. It's okay. Don't cast me. I mean, I wanted to work in casting for, like, many, many, many years. That was my whole plan because I love movies and acting and all of that good stuff. Um, And I'm very critical about people's acting abilities, yet I have none myself. So... (laughs) I'm the same way where I'm like, you know. I'm sorry, that's the best you can do. And then you put me up there and I'm like, uh. And I'm like pathetic. Uh. And then I can't even speak. I know. I'm real judgmental for a bitch that can't do shit. <laughs> same. Um, but speaking of Joe Lombardo. Mm-hmm. So originally, which is why I think he gets brought up, just literally they bring his name up so often. And you're like, literally, who is this guy? Like it literally is just like a guy that they found that we like assume that they know, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. But originally... The film was supposed to have a different opening scene. So the opening scene, which we'll get to literally in a moment, is just essentially you open on outer space and mm-hmm. there's opening credits. And then they go right down into the town and, like, shit starts happening and that's it. Um, but the original opening scene was supposed to be the scene of this guy, Joe Lombardo, in his car at night on, like, a deserted road with his girlfriend. They're kissing. But then she kind of, like, rejects him, I'm sure, because like, he's like, I want to have sex. And she's like, no. Mm-hmm. And he gets angry at her and, like, essentially, like, kicks her out of the car mm-hmm. and drives off and then ends up driving into the scene, which we already brought up, which is the scene with the clown driving next to him, but it's not actually driving. It's, like, levitating. Um, and he meets his demise So he was supposed to be, like, this whole, like, not necessarily fleshed out, but essentially a character, like, he was, like, our initial first death that we see originally. But obviously that didn't happen. So they just cut that. Still had that scene of just, like, a random Mm -hmm. civilian, which they have a lot of those scenes in this, where it's, like, oh, a random civilian being terrorized by one of the clowns or multiple of the clowns. And then they just took the Joe Lombardo name and stuck it on that guy (laughs) in the fucking cotton candy cocoon. And they were like, sure. Which is why, like, Mike keeps being like, I saw Joe Lombardo. It's Joe (laughs) Lombardo. And we're like, who? Yeah. Um, I mean, that would have completely changed the entire, like, trajectory of the film. So I'm glad that they didn't do that. Um, Yeah. But that also just is, like, one example, as we will see, of, like, every man in this movie, for the most part, is, like, so shitty and stupid and, like, thinks with his dick and all the women are smart and wonderful. And that's... Oh, girl, I know. Ooh, it's good. It's very feminist um, in that way. All the women, i.e. one woman. Well, there's a couple women, but, yeah, the one woman in particular is the only smart one. Um, And then my last little tidbit is that um, there has been, which I already knew this, but... There's been a sequel for this movie oh. in development hell for 29 motherfucking years. That's older than us. I think it might be 30 years now because I think they just might have had the 30-year anniversary for this movie. Damn. Um, but simply because of, like, you know, they can never give you specifics, so it's because of, like, you know, financial and legal setbacks. But one of the proposed sequel ideas mm-hmm. um, would have everyone, would have Mike Tobacco in it which we have to bring up his fucking last name is yeah, tobacco like your name is mike tobacco <laughs> you sound like one of the fucking kids from the sandlot jesus um but essentially the premise would be like him obviously much older years later mm-hmm. and he would be like the town drunk who's always talking about what happened <laughs> blah blah and everyone thinks he's crazy they're like get a load of this fucking guy he thinks you know killer clowns from outer space came and then of course the killer clown show up. So not, like, a crazy, like, out-there premise, like, kind of your run-of-the-mill, like, we've seen it before. Yeah. But honestly, like, actually, I'm not even going to say it yet. I'm going to bring it up later. Okay. Um, yeah. Those are 
our fun facts, um, which don't even begin to touch upon, not even close to how fun this movie really is. Like, I'm giving you guys one last motherfucking chance. Pause this motherfucking episode and go watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You will have a good time, I promise you. I promise you. You'll have a lot more fun listening to us if you've seen it. Yes, 100%. Especially because we can't really do the clowns justice in the way that we describe them. Like, we'll do our best, but, like, you really have to see them to understand exactly, like, the impact that they have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something I'm so sad about is I haven't been able – I only went – actually, I don't – here's a tangent. It's coming. Um, I love Halloween Horror Nights. You know this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obsessed. Um, but the whole thing is that because I have lived essentially in the Northeast um, my whole life, that I've never been in a place really that I can go mm-hmm. to it, like, conveniently, without, like, literally, like, spending beyond, like, beyond the money that I ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I did live in LA for a few months, it was in the fall. So I got to go one time and it was truly like one of the best experiences of my entire life. But like, I'm obsessed with it every year. Like I follow it. What are the houses? I watch, I, I watch, read everything about it. Um, I'm obsessed. But I've always been so sad because I think they've done it twice now. Someone might be listening to this and being like, you're wrong. But as far as I'm aware from what I remember, they've done it twice now where they've had like uh, a killer clowns attraction at Horror Nights. Oh, so I think fun. one year it was a walkthrough section, and then one year it was a house. I would fucking kill to go to that. Oh, my God. Just because, like, the visuals they do there, mm-hmm. because it's obviously, like, a universal motherfucking budget, like, you know they're bringing it. You know they're bringing it. And just to see, like, someone in that full-ass clown costume, <laughs> like, walking around, oh, my God, epic. I would love to see that. I think in the one that they had the – um what is it the walkthrough they had like the street cleaner kind of car thing where they were sucking Mm up y'all y'all hear about it um that's fun but yeah there's a little tidbit about me y'all if you didn't guess i love spooky stuff i know hard to believe um we'll go i promise we will go when you live in la again i know it'll be glorious all right so enough of this chitter chatter let's get into the movie are you ready okay let's do it Okay, so as I previously stated, we open up on outer space, literally a black sky with stars. Here comes the opening credits, right? Nothing crazy. But what's that? (gasps) What's this music that's coming in? (laughs) Well, baby girl, it is the motherfucking Killer Clowns theme song, which is nothing less than a certified bop. It's so good. It's so good. So here comes, like, this creepy killer clown intro music. Um, which, let me say, the score through the rest of the movie is also great. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the cl- the killer clown march, which is a score they use over and over again when, like, the clowns are literally just, like, marching through the streets. It's mm-hmm. great. Um, but this is the, in- the intro music, like, theme music. Like, we're talking about, like, this is, like, a punk rock band doing this song. There's lyrics. It is incredible. Do you have some of the lyrics? I thought you said you wrote some of them I, I did. Down. I wrote some down just because it's, it's, just, I love a song that's written for one very specific movie um, mm-hmm. because you really can't use this song anywhere else. So the beginning of the song, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sing it because I can't sing and I'm not going to be able to be on beat, but I'm just going to give you the words. It's okay. Killer Clowns. P.T. Barnum said it so long ago. There's one born every minute that you know. Some will make us stab. Some make us cry. These clowns, they are going to make you die. Everybody's running when the circus comes into the towns. I fucking love it. Oh, that's incredible. And the funny thing is, um, they wrote that song 
before they saw the movie. Before they even read a script for the movie. <laughs> really? So literally they just had the title and that's what they they made. Oh, it's great. And we're so blessed. It actually reminded me of, you've seen Fright Night, correct? Mm-hmm. Another favorite of mine. An absolute classic. Do you know or do you remember the Fright Night theme? Yes. Oh, it's it reminded me so much of that. They're like, mm-hmm. Fright, 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 Fright Night. Night, night. <laughs> and then it goes, oh, it's it's a bop. It's a certified bop. Like, we need to bring this shit back. Like, the 80s was doing it right. Like, let me give you, like, a full fucking, like, theme song for this. I think they did one for the Dream Warriors. I can't remember who did it. Um, <clears throat> I love I it. Wanted, it wasn't Alice Cooper. It was somebody else. Or maybe it was. Dream Warriors. Someone knows. But, like, these 80s movies, these 80s horror movies be specific, where it's like, we're going to have a song where, like, the entire premise of the song is just, like, about this movie. So essentially, like, listening to it is, like, pointless if you haven't seen the movie. But also it's not because it's a bop. Like, oh, my God, I love that shit. They're so good. They're so good. So already. And by opening with this song, like, you fully, like, already know what you're getting yourself into. You know exactly what the plot is going to be. And you also get, like, the vibe up front of, like, oh, this is going to be fucking campy and ridiculous and I cannot wait. I mean, if you didn't already get that from the title of the film. Uh, Yeah. I mean, they pull clowns clowns with a goddamn K. Um. (laughs) Hold on, I might have a burp, y'all. No, it's passing. Anyways, <sighs> Thank um, she got nervous. Mm. So anyways, so we finish up with that. We come down. We're in the town now. We are at Big Top Burger. Hardy har har, Big Top Burger. <gasps> um, Maybe there'll be clowns in this movie. Um, <laughs> anyways, it's bumping. It's like a fucking Friday night or whatever. And now we meet Officer Kurt Mooney. Mm-hmm. He is one of these... Not one of these. He's a disgusting cop. Yeah, he sucks. And don't y'all worry. He gets everything he deserves. But, like, literally he's the epitome. Especially because, like, when we're recording this, this is in, like, the first week of June. Mm-hmm. It's not going to come out until the first week of July. But I'm sure all this stuff will still be going on. As it should um, be. Once this comes out, yes, because change needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, like, literally, like, the epitome of, like, a cop that, like, abuses their power, mm-hmm. is the worst of the fucking worst. So when he does get his comeuppance, it is excellente. Oh, yeah. Like, part of this um, movie is just truly commentary on, like, pr- police brutality. and It really I'm, like, is. I'm so here for it. Like, fucking yes. And then give it to him. Because it's like when I was watching it again, I was like, "Wow!" Like, mm-hmm. like I knew there were police in this movie because like there's just like police in a lot of these, right. in a lot of horror movies. Like they usually die, um, but like that's just how it is. But like th- the way that they portrayed them, I was like, "Um, okay, interesting." Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, even like the quote unquote good cop in this movie, like he still has some shitty stuff going on, and I will discuss because like really he's only like the good cop because he has like something to gain from it i mean 100 percent. and then also like it's a good cop in the sense of like which we'll get to we're getting ahead of ourselves you know what I'm we're so riled up we're, we're gonna get to it in a minute all right so mooney is there right mm-hmm. shitty officer kurt mooney he's leaving big top burger and he just like has a fucking look on his face he's already pissed off you just know that he's like out in the town looking to bring somebody in Mm -hmm. just for the sake of it so he's driving through the streets then we get this moment of like this nerdy kid who's like on the street corner like big ass paper bags filled but this is so funny filled to the brim with beer but the beer cans (laughs) i'm sure for money reasons they can't be paying to have name brands in this 
even with that $2 million budget. It's just a white can in big black letters on it. It says beer. Yeah, they were like, fuck you, Bud Light. We're not paying you. And we're writing beer. Very clear. It literally looks like something out of, like, uh, like They Live. Yeah. Where it's like, consume beer. But it's great. So he, like, walks in front of the cop car. And they said this moment where, like, you know, Mooney's watching him. He's like, son of a bitch. And as he drives away, the cop is like, cops. You mean the boy is like cops? Yes. The cop is like cops. (laughs) The cop is like, ugh. Us. <laughs> um, but no, it's great. It's like they both hate each other, but I'm with the boy who's drinking the beer. Well, essentially it establishes, which we're going to get into literally in a moment, but it's just like Mooney is clearly a cop in this town that like all the young people know mm-hmm. because he's just like out in the streets like doing anything he can to bust their balls. Yeah. Like he's not actually like, which we've already established, he's not a good cop. He literally just, like, is power hungry and, like, he, like, hates the youth and he just wants to put them in their place. So anytime, like, it's just very clear that, like, oh, look who it is. We all better better get inside because he's just, like, waiting to, like, nab one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we cut to this kind of, like, make-out point location, um, which is called Top of the World. Um, so with just a bunch of parked cars, you've seen it a million times, right? Parked cars, it's dark out, couples in the cars, they're, you know, kissing, they're drinking, they're having a night. Well, then here comes this obnoxious, (laughs) like truly obnoxious ice cream truck. And it's got a big ass clown head that's like also like got an ice cream, I don't even remember if it had, no, it's just a clown head, right? It doesn't have an ice cream cone on it. Yeah. Just a clown head on top of this ice cream truck. And the people inside of it clearly have, like, a mic where they can, like, talk into it and it will make whatever they're saying come out of the truck. So they come rolling up on top of the world. And this is what they say. They say, I'm Jojo the ice cream clown with the bestest ice cream in town. We'll give you a, you, we'll give you the stick. You give it a lick and it'll tickle you all the way down. Ice cream, ice cream, we brought our goodies here to you. A tasty treat for while you screw. Um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Like, that makes me want to buy the ice cream. I like it. I was like, I'm sorry. That worked for me. Yeah, um, give me that tasty treat. But when I was watching it at first, I forgot that it was, like, them talking into it. So I thought it was, like, one of those pre-recorded shit. Because like, we have an ice cream truck now that comes down my street. We're like, you know usually an ice cream truck is just, like, a little jingle? We have one now that comes down our fucking street where I live. Where it's, like, this weird fucking, like, beat music. And then every ten seconds it stops and it goes hello ew it's gross so like at first i was like oh maybe it's one of those things where they have like a pre-programmed thing to say so when the first thing hits where they're like it'll tickle you all the way down i was like yuck why the fuck would they program it to say that (laughs) and then obviously the next line comes where they're talking about oh a treat for all you screw and i was like oh well they're just saying it it's not the fucking truck wow imagine Um, they go to like the park to the playground where all the kids are ew no 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 you can't do that yuck um but so, this is where we meet these two fucking jamokes, um, <laughs> Rich and Paul Terenzi, who are brothers, who mm-hmm. own this ice cream truck, and they've just come up here essentially to, like, fool around, so nobody's having it. They're like, you're killing our buzz, you're ruining the vibe, get the fuck out of here. They start throwing, like, cans at them, and they're like, what, what, you know, all right, we're gonna leave, like, we were gonna bring you guys ice cream, and they're like, literally fucking leave, get out. <laughs> so then they, the brothers get back in the truck. Uh, but it should be noted that there is one couple 
watching that thinks this is kind of funny. And this is our two leads, um, Debbie and Mike. Mm-hmm. Mike is like, oh, like, what are these guys doing? They're crazy. <laughs> and, like, Debbie's like, do you know them? Like, what's happening? So we cut back from them. We go back to the boys in the truck. And they're like, the one brother, honestly, you get them mixed up. Their names are Paul. What did I say? They were Paul, Paul is the one. Paul is the one who does all the loudspeaker stuff. And Rich is the one that drives. Correct. Okay. So one of them, I didn't write much, it doesn't fucking matter. It's essentially they're like, let's park here for a while, right? Like, let's just park here. Because, reveal, out from the back of the truck comes these two girls who are eating, like, popsicles that they've brought with them. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, oh, like, you know, if we park here, like, maybe we can, like, get some action with these girls. And the girls immediately come out and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You told us we could have all the ice cream we wanted if we got in your truck or whatever. <laughs> I just you like didn't to mention say- that they're, like, two, like, big, beautiful women which oh, I yeah. love because I feel like so often she's like the skinniest bitches they could find with like the biggest boobs. But these are like full figured babes and they're sucking on these popsicles and they were like, what? I just want to eat the ice cream. And I was like, honestly, that's me. I, well, yeah, they're like, I you connect. didn't say anything about parking. Yeah, Take I, us home right the fuck now. You just told me I can have free ice cream. Fucking bring me home. The only thing I will say about it, because I thought the same exact thing. I thought, like, oh, my God, beautiful women. And you're almost waiting for that other shoe to drop where they, like, make a fat joke. Mm-hmm. And they don't, which I love. Because, like, they are beautiful. Like, once again, this is a movie. I mean, I'll take the Terenzi brothers out of it and, like, fucking Kurt Mooney or whatever his goddamn name was. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember now. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Um, most of the cast is fucking hot. Yeah. Once again. Um, but the only thing is just, like, there is the notion that it's, like, okay, well, like, th- as you see as the movie goes on, like, the Trenzy brothers essentially are, like, we'll fuck anything that walks. That's true. We'll take anything we can get. And, like, I feel like there's this underhandedness of, like, oh, they, like, they're bigger girls, so, like, we can trick them by giving them food. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't love it. I don't love the Trenzy brothers, but it doesn't fucking matter. But I just so love that those like, women were kind of, like, owning their own fucking self and being like, I'm going to take you for what you're willing to give me right now and I'm not going to give you shit back. I'm just taking your free stuff. Yeah, they're like, you were not those girls where it's like, oh, we feel obligated now to give you something in return. You said what you said and we took it. Like, that's it. Um, So they like essentially, they're like, um, well, we got to take these girls home now. Um, So they drive off. So then we cut back to Mike and Debbie. So like Mike's like still laughing about like, those crazy cats. (laughs) <laughs> and Debbie's like, you know, like, essentially, who are they? And he's like, oh, that's, like, Paul and Rich Terenzi. Like, they're, like, my, like, best friends from school. Red flag. And, like, you know, what'd you say? Red flag. I know. Immediately, it's like, this is when he introduces you to his friends, and this is, like, girl, run for the hills. Mm-hmm. He ain't the one. Um, but he's like, you know, they're, like, crazy. Like, they always have an adventure, which definitely comes back to bite them later. Can I also just um, mention that they're lying in a big fucking inflatable raft that's just in his car. Well, apparently, and I didn't remember this because me and you have both watched the uh, 1980s Blob remake. Oh, we have yes. not watched the 50s original, which we will be doing eventually for this podcast. Um, but apparently, the raft is some pay- them paying tribute to the Blob because oh. there's also like. Apparently, I think the whole opening I read is, like, kind of paying tribute to the blob because it's, like, oh, like, a meteorite falls mm-hmm. into town, bringing some otherworldly thing. And apparently in the, I believe, the 1950s blob, the first person to die is an old man, which okay. is what happens here. Shocker, you guys. Um, so I believe somehow the raft, I don't 
I didn't understand entirely is paying tribute to the original Blob. That makes sense. I did read a lot of things about how this movie, in as like a whole, was paying homage to a lot of like fifties horror. So that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense, which I love. Well, I also cool. know that the cotton candy cocoons. Mm-hmm. You heard me right. We're going to be getting to those. Um, pay uh, tribute to Invasion of the Body Snatchers, yes, and they're kind of like cocoons. Um, all right. So Mike and Debbie, they're talking. Whatever. They start making out again. They're like back to what we were here for and then they lay in their raft and they like they look up at the stars it's like they have this cute little couple moment and then whoosh, the wind starts to blow and there's this huge bright light that like flashes over them and they're like what the fuck and they flip over and it's this huge meteor looking thing flying by and everyone stops at the fucking top of the world make out point place and they're like what was that did you see that and they're all like that's crazy well, immediately cut still flying over but now it's flying over this old coot fellow Sitting on his front porch with his, like, what is the dog? Is it a basset hound? It is a good old bloodhound, baby, I Bloodhound. Um, um, and it's adorable. And his name um, is Pooh Bear. I know! <laughs> oh, my God, I died. So he's sitting on his porch with good old Pooh Bear, um, and he's reading a book, and here comes the meteor, and it, like, crashes, like, you know, I don't even know, like, a few yards from his house. He says it lands in his backyard. So he, like, he gets up, he's like, whoa, did you see that? But, like, because he's, like, this, like, old coot, like, fucking, like, hick type, he starts rambling to his dog, Pooh Bear, and it's literally almost incoherent. He's like, did you see that dog is down there, Pooh? It's like, what? <laughs> what the fuck did he just say? One thing he did say that I got, I caught pretty clearly because I watched it with my captions on was he went, bloody hornswoggle, which is. Like, what does that even mean? That is my new catchphrase, bloody hornswoggle. Ugh, we all been there. Love it. Um, but so he like as he's like, you know, what was that? He like looks down at the book he just happens to be reading, <laughs> and in it there's um this picture of Haley's comet, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, you know, oh my God, Pooh Bear, it was Haley's comet. It just landed right in our fucking backyard. So he's like, yippee! And he like starts running into the house. He's getting like a shovel. He's getting a lantern because he's gonna go, I guess, like dig it up. Yes. And he's like talking about like, and it reminded me of like the creep show segment with Stephen King. Yes, um, I was gonna say that shit. Yes, where it's like, oh my God, like a meteor has landed in our backyard i'm gonna make so much motherfucking money we are rich like we're gonna be able to charge admission to come he starts talking about like they're gonna sell hot dogs and all this (laughs) shit like he's ready to make a fucking living off of this so he like he's he's ready to go so then we cut back to debbie and mike in the car and debbie's like boy i don't give a fuck about making out anymore like this is where the night needs to take us like let's go check that out of course, Mike's being fucking a wet blanket. And he's like, but it's like miles away, Debbie. I don't, she's like, no, it's not. We literally just watched it land, like, right over the hill. <laughs> like, get off your ass. Let's go. He's like, but we have champagne to finish. And she's like, we'll bring it with us. Like, <laughs> let's go check out this, like, once in a lifetime thing. Like, what are you even talking about? So finally, Mike's like, I guess. So he gives in, and, like, they get in the front of the car, and they're driving off. Now we're back to the old coot. He's walking through the woods. He's trying to find this meteor. Well, he doesn't find a meteor. No, 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 no. What does he find? A huge, lit-up circus tent. And this is when you know that the movie's going to waste literally no fucking time. Literally no time. So it's this huge, big-top tent that's, like, yellow with red stripes. He's like, oh, my God, Pooh, like the circus is here like classic crazy old guy who's not like um what the fuck yeah because we're in the middle of the woods 
He just said this was his backyard. <laughs> like, why the fuck does he not, like, why is there a circus tent here? But he's like, oh, I love the circus. Maybe we can, like, get free passes. Literally so he brought like, me back to my times at the theater of, like, all the fucking old people trying to use any excuse in the book to try to get fucking passes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was like, can you just pay admissions for the fucking tent that's in your backyard, please? yeah it's like (laughs) sir come on honestly at the theater it was like unless you're coming up to me and you're a skeleton already and you know i thought to put skeletons no like oh my god yeah it was like everything under the book they'd be like my husband just died and it's like cool the ticket is 11 dollars. yeah like what do you want me to say genuinely happened maybe you should be a home grieving like what no um anyways so he walks up to the tent and he gets closer and he sees that it's being held up instead of like you know like the classic like strings like holding it like taut to the ground or whatever it's these um spaceship like beams like stuck like very clearly like spaceship shit Mm -hmm. and he's like you know looking at him he's like and finally he's like this he starts to be like you know now he's like hmm this seems weird like where is everyone if the circus is in town like where is everyone where's the ticket booth He's like, all right, well, let's keep investigating. So he starts to walk around side of the tent, and here comes cute as, cute as a button little Pooh Bear. Oh, Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear's like, <laughs> because as they're walking, what do we see? Right lurking behind old Coop, through the tent, we see a huge shadow of a clown. It's so good. So it's like kind of like tiptoeing, following him, following him. Well, because dogs always know things before we do. The dog senses this and, like, kind of stops and does, like, the whining thing. And it's like, what is that? Well, then, immediately, the clown is like, well, free dinner. And he zaps a big-ass hole in the tent. You can't really make out the clown yet. You can, like, kind of faintly see there's, like, a clown in there. But he zaps a hole in the tent and sticks out, like, a big-ass, like, comically big net. And just, whoop, puts the net on top of Pooh Bear. We don't see it. But then it, because it cuts back to old Koo, but you know that he's now just scooped up poor little Pooh Bear and taken him inside this circus tent. So old Koo just like turns around. He's like, you know, oh, you like, you know, you old dog. Like, where did you go off to? But then he sees Pooh Bear's little red bandana on the ground. And this is when I didn't realize the dog's name was Pooh Bear up until this moment because on the porch, he just called him Pooh, I think. Um... So then he starts, you know, he's, like, freaking. He's, like, where's my dog? And he starts screaming, like, where is my Pooh Bear? And I was crying. I was, like, where is this Pooh Bear? (laughs) Just, like, having, like, an old man with a dog named Pooh Bear is, like, truly too cute for me and, like, physically painful. Um, And then he's, like, I'll tear this thing apart with my bare hands, which, honestly, appropriate reaction. You mess with my animal, like, I don't give a fuck. So after he says he's going to tear it apart with his bare hands, he grabs one of these spaceship beams and is immediately like full body zapped by this like purple electricity and he's flung backwards on his ass. Well, as I said, this movie wastes no fucking time because here comes a big old motherfucking clown. Not out from the circus tent, but from out of the woods somewhere. 
He walks up, and it almost looks like the old guy is, like, happy to see him. Oh, yeah. I will say he laughs at the clown, and which is, like, honestly a very common reaction for a lot of people when they first see the clown. They're, like, giddy. And I'm like, how do you not recognize that this is not a human clown? Like, it's it, at the very least, it's, like, someone in a clown suit. And it's, like, not a clown suit that's, uh, yeah, it's just, like, what the fuck are you, like, whose body is shaped like that? Right. It's, like, oof. Not body shaming anybody, but if you have, like, a full-on, like, <laughs> triangle head, like, I would just suggest maybe seeing a doctor. Something might be wrong. Um, but anyways, so, like, yeah, he has this, like, stupid grin on his face, like, because he loves the circus. So he's like, oh, well, there's the clown. Well, then the clown is like, sorry, cheap, it's not your time. And he pulls out. Oh, actually, before I say this, mm-hmm. as you're talking about the clowns look like, you know what it reminds me of? What? Is you've seen the Halloween Town movies, correct? Of course. Okay, so... Oh, I know exactly what you're going to say. Wait, wait, wait. So, Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, I think it's called, Mm -hmm. was always my favorite. You want to know why? This is fucking sick. I love it too. I, like, need fucking therapy. It's because in the movie, if you remember, like, Calabar's son is, like, in love with Marnie. Mm -hmm. And because, like, Marnie's like, ew, fuck you, I don't want to date you. He's like, well, know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, like, trap you in this other world until you agree to date me. Like, that's the premise of Halloween Town 2. And he's like, and I'm, like, going to, like, threaten your family and all this shit until you, like, give in. Just, like, say you'll date me. And you were, like, so romantic. (laughs) My stupid ass was, like, I want someone to, like, me that much. Which, like, looking back, I'm, like, why did I want an abusive relationship? Like, I'm really concerned for younger (sighs) me. It's, like, sick and I'm so scared. But, like, yeah, it was always my favorite for that reason. Like, I was, like, low-key into it, and I'm ashamed, but I'm going to share that shame with all of you. But that's not why I brought this up. It's because one of the things he does is he's, like, oh, like, something to the effect of, like, they're having, like, a Halloween party back in the human world um, in Halloween Town 2. So everyone's in costume, and he has this whole thing where he's, like, when midnight strikes or whatever, if you don't, like, figure out this fucking whatever curse thing that I have going on, then... Everyone who's in costume, whatever they're dressed up as, they will physically actually become that. Mm-hmm. So the the clowns in this movie look like essentially as if someone was at a Halloween party, dressed up as a clown, and then this curse thing happened to them where they fully became this, like, creature. Mm-hmm. That's what these clowns look like. Yeah, I mean, they're like... Like if clowns were a different species. Well, yeah, from outer space. Yeah. <laughs> they're like... like that's like, premise. They just look like very rubbery and like bulbous. Like, as we will talk about, the clowns don't have any names. So, like, I just describe them in my notes based on how they look. So, I've dubbed this man the bulbous clown because his face is just like really, really like round and yeah. so he's just very bulbous. And that's just, yeah. It's not, not human at all. So, as we said, old man is like, oh, lol, there's a clown. And the clown's like, sorry takes out this like you know comical exactly what you think like a fucking cartoon ray gun would look like mm-hmm. zaps him and that's the end we just like see him kind of get zapped we don't see what happens afterward yeah he like glows pink and then like yes. that's about it so then we're back at the police station with our least favorite kurt mooney um is his name mooney i keep forgetting i've even said it was mooney it's mooney yes it kurt mooney um and he has Two, I called them punks, but mainly because they just look like punk rockers. I wrote emo punks. Yeah. So oh. these two emo punks 
like he's got them in his arms and he's walking them into the stage and he's like you know i got these two and this is where we also meet um I wrote at first he was like a young deputy, but I don't think he's a deputy. He seems like he's just also another cop. But because yeah. he's young, immediately I was like, oh, a deputy. Um, but so we'll get to him in a second. But he's holding these two kids and they're like, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. Because he's like, you know, they were like, you know, intoxicated in public, like getting drunk out in public. And they're like, no, we weren't. Like literally we were walking back to our dorm. We had just bought a bottle of wine and that's like what we had in our hand. We were going back to our dorm with it. And he's like, you're scum. And- yeah, literally he's like, shut up. Um, so this is when we meet um, Dave Hansen, who is the young cop, um, which I ha- I made note. He looks like um, Glenn Powell. Oh, my God. Familiar? You're so obsessed with Glenn Powell. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will kill you. Glenn Powell. <laughs> Glenn Powell is fucking hot. Yeah, I know. Like, and this guy, okay, if you, someone told me, like, oh, yeah, Glenn Powell's dad was an actor and that he was in this movie. That was him. I'd be like, obviously it was fucking him. They look exactly alike. Okay. They do. And so then immediately I was like, oh, if they do the sequel, I want to eat Glenn Powell in that sequel. Yeah. Otherwise okay. I'll just be mad. Y'all, Glenn Powell's hot. Don't listen to what fucking Alex says. I didn't he say he wasn't hot. I just said <laughs> you're obsessed with him. Okay, obsessed is a strong word. There's definitely men that I'm more obsessed with. Am I ashamed about all of it? Yes. Don't be. But it's my truth. Okay. So, immediately, uh, hottie Dave Hansen cop. hate to say that a cop is handsome, but he's not a real cop, so it's fine. (laughs) He's not a real cop, so I don't feel bad. At the end of the day, he's just an actor, so it's okay. Yeah. So, he can be hot. Um, he, like, walks up, he's like, you know, he, he clearly does not agree with Kurt and his methods. And he, like, talk, talk to the punks, and he's like, you know, why don't you guys just, like, drink on campus? And they're like, well, how the fuck is that fair? Like, we live in this town. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just, like, not allowed to exist in this town because this guy doesn't like young people. Like, we should be able to go out. Like, why do we have to be restricted to the campus? And so, this is when Kurt starts saying, like, oh, they're scum, and then immediately after he says he's their scum, he starts literally uh, physically attacking one of them. Yep. He starts trying to beat the shit out of one of them. So then, like, Dave, like, fucking runs and he's, like, breaking it up. Um, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, stop. And then, like, Mooney's like, oh, what, do you got a thing for these little boys? And it's like, dude, no. You're literally just beating people up in our police station for nothing. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be doing it anyways. You're a cop. You should never be doing that. So, then, like, Mooney, like, makes them empty their pockets, um, and, you know, continuing to, and they keep saying, like, you know, we didn't do anything, we didn't do anything, um, and, you know, Dave is like, Mooney, like, literally relax, like, why are you so worked up, like, it's not that serious, and so he claims, like, oh, it's not that serious. Like, I have, he has, like, all these charges against him. He's like, they were littering. They were disturbing the peace. You know, there was public intoxication, open container, resisting arrest. Like, you know, they're, like, done for. Um, and so then Davis, like, finally, like, I'm going to lay down the motherfucking law. As an officer of the law, here it comes. And he is, like, he essentially tells Mooney, and this is, like, a very, like, defining moment for their characters, where it's, like, I've had enough of your bullshit, Mooney. And he's like, you're going to do it by the fucking books or I will have your goddamn badge. Mm-hmm. Which, like, is cr- really, like, this big, like, ooh, moment because it's very clear. Like, to the point where, like, obviously I thought fucking at first that fucking Dave was a deputy. That, like, Mooney is an older 
cop that's clearly been on the force for a while and clearly has old bad ways of doing shit. Um, this is why I mean to abolish the fucking police, y'all, and build it up again. Here's a perfect example. Um, but, and he does it his way where, like, you know, Dave is like, no. I don't care if I'm younger than you, maybe not have been the force that long. If you're in my fucking presence, that shit's not happening. It's Which sad we're like, that for us as an audience, like, the bar is so low. That, I know. Like, him just doing what he should be doing and doing his job and being respectful is like, yes, we love him. Oh, my God. So great. That's the thing. It's like, we shouldn't be applauding this guy for being like, hey, what you're doing is, like, literally, like, a violation of, like, the law. Right. Stop. Should just be without saying. Yeah. But it's like, oh, no, but you have to pat them on the back mm-hmm. for doing their job. Like, no. So we're not trying to pat Dave on the back. But, like... We're like, okay, thanks for doing that. Right. At least, at least you said something and you weren't job. like complicit. Um, so, anyways, so they have this kind of standoff, and they're like, you know, whatever. And he just kind of like, I think he like just drags the punks back into the cell, and that's the end of the scene. So then here we are with Debbie and Mike, who have been on the hunt now for this meteor. So they pull up to this like wooden gate somewhere in the woods, and they're like, oh, well, we can't drive any further into the woods. So we're gonna have to walk from here. And then Mike makes this fucking choice where I'm like, why? He gets out of the car. Oh, he, like, yeah. jumps up on the hood. So he's just, like, you know, at first you're like, oh, he's, like, being silly. He's doing a bit. Well, then he chooses to do, like, a Native American chief impression. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what he said, but he's just, like, I'm not even going to do it. I, don't, um, I didn't write it down because I was, like, fuck off. But essentially he's, like, pretending to be, like, a chief, like, you know, we go that way. Or, like, some stupid shit. And, like, it, just, like, for no reason. Like, there's no reason other than just, like, LOL, like, Mike's a jokester. Well, that's one of, only one of Mike's very off-color jokes that he makes. Because I yeah, wrote some like, down later on. And I was just like, okay, like, we could have done without that. But so essentially, like, Debbie's like, LOL, like, whatever, you, like, idiot. Like, let's go. So they walk to the woods, and here they find, not a meteor, but the same circus tent. Now, here's what we're talking about with the men being literal fucking idiots the entire time, and Debbie, our one woman, essentially, being the only smart human being because immediately debbie sees this and she's like no 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 thank you she's like uh yeah i don't i don't know why this tent is here like why is it out in the middle of the fucking woods like this is weird like let's go and mike's like no 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 like let's check it out and Debbie's like no i don't want to uh i i feel weird about it you know we can't look for a meteor so let's just go find the meteor that's not this. Let's leave. And Mike's like, come on, like, don't be a baby. And essentially gives her the ultimatum where he's like, well, here's the deal. I'm going to go check out the tent. You can either stay here by yourself or you can come with me. So she's like, fuck, fine, I'll come with you. So he's like, that's a girl. And they go over and they look at the tent and they find the entrance and they walk in. So here we go. So now we're seeing the inside. The inside almost immediately looks like the interior of a spaceship but let me give you these visuals everything floor wall ceiling everything is covered in pastel colors and the designs are like zigzag stripe patterns swirls everything you could think of all in these different pastel colors um it literally looks like the interior of both like an 80s mall and like have you seen those pictures of like the old taco bells from the 90s <laughs> like that's what it looks like it reminds um, me of like a jazzercise video mm, you know yeah, with, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, with yeah. like the lead like the body suits and like the headbands and they would just be like woo like that's what yes. i felt like they could record like a suzanne summers video in there mm. 
Like, that's, like, uh, like 100%, like, those are what the color schemes are like. But it's also, as I said, it's, like, very obvious, like, literally what fucking circus tent have you been in? Or even really a fun house that, like, like the structure looks like this. Mm-hmm. Like, so the structure I also wrote, it essentially looks like the interior of the Nostromo. But if it was the interior design of that was done by a cup of Trix yogurt. <laughs> that's like, a really good description. Yeah, like, that's literally what it looks like. Um... So, of course, they're, like, looking around. They're, like, whoa. And, like, Mike continues to, like, goof around. He's, like, now he's doing, like, a fucking, like, ringleader impersonation or some this shit. This is where his jokes are not my favorite. I don't even remember what he wrote. Like, oh, I, I remember I something about, him, like, an elephant or some shit. Oh, uh, let me tell you. I wrote down exactly what he said. So, he's being a ring, the ringmaster, and he says, <clears throat> Come see the incredible Miss 50-50, half man, half woman, the perfect double date. Step right up here and see Gumbo, the toothless elephant. Or right over here, we've got Belinda, the bulimic wonder. Watch her binge and purge before your very eyes. Oh, Jesus, I, like, I missed that one. Oh, trust me. I had this shit on with subtitles, so I was like, bitch, you can go fuck yourself. Ooh, no. Ugh. I immediately was like, Mike is canceled. We don't like Mike anymore. I mean, are we shocked? No. Um, so this is what killed me. Right after he's doing this, like, Debbie's like, okay, like, maybe we should, like, keep our boys down, right? Because, like, we're, like, in here. We probably shouldn't be. Because we just walked the fuck in. Mm-hmm. Like, if it really is a circus, like, we probably should have paid and we're just in here. So she's like, she's like, let's keep our voices down. And Mike is immediately like, this place is great! <laughs> and it's like, I'm sorry, did you not just catch me? Like, shut the fuck up. Keep the volume at a one, not a ten. So Debbie's like, okay, like, how much longer do we have to be in here, Mike? Like, we came in, we did it, let's go. And he's like, oh, well, like, let's just, uh, let's just walk to the end of the hall, okay? And then we'll leave. She's like, fine. Well, at the end of the hall, there's these funky doors. Once again, clearly like spaceship S doors. There's like three of them. And those kind of doors where they're kind of like half circles where like you open them and you step in and you're like in a tube and it like spins you so that you're facing the other direction and it reopens and you're in another room, if that makes sense. Yes. If you've seen the movie, you fucking know what I'm talking about. Um, so he goes up to one of these doors and of course, Mike can't help himself. So he starts touching these big red buttons on the doors. So he does this. And the door, and they make, like, little, like, goofy, like, beep, 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 beep noises. And door swings open. They get, like, whooshed into it somehow. So they fall into the cylinder, turns them around, opens up, and now they're in this other room. Which I wrote looks like the room from Cerebro from X-Men. You know what I'm talking about? Um, yes, I do. Like, the room where Charles Xavier goes yeah. in and it's, like, literally a platform. He puts helmet on. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. Except there's... The only difference is, like, way up top, like, hanging off of the side of one of the walls is this huge orb mm-hmm. that has, like, this purple electricity shit going on in it, which I wrote, maybe I sound stupid for saying this, but you know those orbs that you would see at, like, science fairs or whatever, where you, like, put your finger on it and the lightning follows your finger? Anya, I literally write, wrote, it reminds me of those things that you can find at, like, Spencer's where you touch it and the static Yes! You. We wrote the same thing. Yeah, that's exactly okay. what I thought of. That's exactly what it looks like. So it's that big thing. So at this point, they're like, clearly this is not a circus. This is not a fun house. So Mike's like, oh, like, what could this be? Is it, like, a nuclear power plant? And Debbie's like, no. Even if it was, like, like, bitch, get out. Yeah, and he's like, a military base? <laughs> and Debbie's like, it doesn't matter. Let's leave. <laughs> so she pulls him back, and they go back out through the door. So as they go out, she, like, Debbie's, like, not taking shit anymore. She, like, grabs Mike by the sweater. She got him in a grip. <laughs> and she's like, don't you fucking get it, Mike? Like, we are in the shooting star. This is it. And he's like, what? And she's like, oh, my God, you moron. Like, essentially she's telling him, like, the meteor? Oh, we found it. 
we're in it. This is some, like, creatures or something from a different world has landed here, and we're in it now. Mm-hmm. I love her. So she's as so they're smart. doing this, like, she's such a fucking intelligent being. Um, well, then we see down one of these halls, here comes some shadows. So they know somebody's coming. So they're like, fuck, like, you know, regardless of what this place is, we're not supposed to be in here. So, like, we need to get out of here b- before they find us. So instead of just, like, because from what I remember, from what I see, and maybe I'm thinking about it wrong, the shadows are coming from a different hallway than they came down. I think so, So, yeah. like, I feel like in theory, like, y'all should have just hauled ass and gone straight back the way you came and gotten out of the tent. No. They're like, let's go through another door, which we have no idea where it leads. So they go to one of the other three doors, go through the tube, swims them around, and now they're in this room that looks essentially like a meat locker type room, except instead of hanging meat, you have these hanging cotton candy cocoons. Mm-hmm. So then, and like there's like fog all over the fucking floor. So Mike's stupid ass immediately is like, oh, I figured it out. It's a cotton candy factory. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah but, Mike. He's like, oh, I think they're just like hanging it up and like airing it out. Like, like this is how fish. they dry it before they package it. <laughs> and Debbie is like, you really are dumb as fuck, aren't you? She's like, you're she's fucking like, lucky. You're cute. She's like, I have never. She's like, what are you? I've never seen anything like this. This is not a cotton candy factory. I also made note. This is when I noticed it. Queen, she's gorgeous, by the way. She's got beautiful mm-hmm. hair, everything. She's rocking the one earring look. Which you know oh, I love. I didn't notice. But the one earring she's wearing is this, like, yellow dinosaur. It's like a yellow T-Rex. Hmm. I like it's just it. like, I'm like, oh, my God. Fashion queen. I love <laughs> it. Um, but so, she essentially she's like, you know, Mike, we're not in a fucking cotton candy factory. We're in a UFO. And Mike's like, girl, chill. <laughs> like, there obviously is an explanation for this. Um... And she's like, what do you mean? Like, who the fuck do you know stores cotton candy like this? So then immediately Mike's like, oh, well. And, like, they're standing next to a cocoon of cotton candy now. And he pulls a piece of it off. I don't know. To guess to be like, let me eat it. No, I think he's, like, trying to show her. Like, see, it's just cotton candy. He pulls it off. And what does he find behind the patch he's just pulled off but a bloody human face Mm -hmm. in this fucking cocoon? So now shit is getting real wild. Um, so immediately they're like, what the fuck? And just as they see this, before they have time to fully react, the door they came through swings open. And here comes another goofy-ass looking clown. I don't know if you had a name for this one. Yes, this one is the wonky-ass eyes. He's wonky-eyes. Wonky-eyes clown. Because at first he's just like this, like, scrawny little red-haired guy, and then he turns and his eyes are just, like, very together and, like, kind of crossed. And I was like, ooh, I like you. It just looks like, duh, duh. Uh, He's a wonky-eye guy. Um, so they're like, fuck, and they, like, hide behind some of these cocoons. So they watch the clown. He goes over. The only other thing in this room, other than the, um, cotton candy cocoons, is this, like, machine, where essentially it looks like, like, that bubble that you have in, like, Trouble, like, the half bubble. It's, Mm -hmm. like, a huge version of that, except in it, it's, like, popcorn that's popping. Mm -hmm. And then there's, like, a bunch of these, like, big-ass, goofy-looking levers. That's the only thing in the room. So he goes over to this lever machine, and he's just, like... I don't know, like, fucking around with it. And while he's doing this, like, Mike and Debbie are, like, slowly trying to make their way through the cocoons to get to the door to get the fuck out of here. Like, at this point, like, imagine seeing this shit. Like, already I would have been out of there. We would have been done with this already. But, like, 
like the visuals here are just like crazy like imagine like fully like taking this in like you're in a spaceship which I guess you don't know that at first but you're in somewhere that looks weird you'd have never seen something like before it's like every color in the fucking universe is in this place then you find a room like goddamn Cerebro and you're like what the fuck and then you find a room with cotton candy cocoons and you find a human fucking a dead human in it and then a huge monstrous ass like fucking seven foot clown like what do you do? Like, literally at that point, like, how do you even process? But so as they're doing this, here comes our favorite, <laughs> Joe Lombardo, baby. Because Mike, stupid ass, like, literally so fucking dumb. As they're walking, because they're like, okay, he's distracted. We can get through that door. They get, they're so close. They're, like, literally at the rack of fucking cocoons right before the door. And Mike turns and I guess this cocoon has not been complete yet because, like, fucking Joe Lombardo's face is sticking out of it. <laughs> and Mike sees it and, like, truly so loud. He's, like, he's – I think he says his full name. He's, like, he Joe Lombardo. And, like, he's holding, like, a flashlight type thing. And he just, like, fully just, like, drops it on the floor. So on top of being, like, Joe Lombardo, he, like, drops this fucking flashlight. So, of course, the clown turns the fuck around. So now they're running for their lives. Except this clown, he doesn't have a ray gun. He has something that looks like, I don't even know how you describe it. Like one of those like fucking water, like pump up water cannons you would have as a kid. Mm -hmm. Like except in it, there's popcorn. So we're like, tee hee ha ha, what's he going to do? Shoot popcorn at them? So they run out of the room. He follows after them. So as they're running out of the tent, (laughs) right as they get out, they get blasted with this popcorn. They like fucking like jump like they've like run away from an explosion and they fall on their faces and they're like and so literally debbie's like why popcorn and mike is like because they're clowns i know i love it like like, that's all the explanation we need he was like because they're clowns duh i was like oh okay so now they're like clothes are covered in popcorn and that's pretty much all it seems to be so they take off running so this part was so fun so fun so the clown that shot at them wonky eyes Mm -hmm. he comes out after them and who and another clown comes out with him too which i said was just spiky hair clown okay i call him squish face clown (laughs) oh okay i just say spiky hair because he literally has like literally comb spiked hair very punk rock of him he is his face is like very centralized to the middle of his face and also he has spiky hair yes very strange so He runs out, and they're both standing there, and like, oh, they're getting away. What are we going to do? Well, Spike here, clown, baby, he got a solution. (laughs) He pulls out some balloons, but, like, the type of balloons you use to make balloon animals. So they're blown up. He starts twisting and twisting and twisting, and, like, what's he doing? Well, he's made a balloon dog, your basic balloon animal dog. He puts it down on the ground, and has a little leash on it, and immediately (laughs) this dog comes to life. And it doesn't, like, I'm not talking about, like, oh, poof, it becomes a real dog. Like, no, it's still a balloon dog, but it, like, now is, like, alive it's barking so it's literally like and they're using it as a dog to like guide them after them so it's just this ridiculous fucking image of these two fucking morons running through the woods with like popcorn all over them and then these two ass like big ass fuckers of clowns and this stupid ass balloon dog there's like holding and it's like running through the woods like which apparently they coated it in latex because every time they were doing it because it was made of balloons it kept popping on, like, pine cones and shit. Mm. So to get it to not pop, they had to, like, coat it in latex. Hmm. So cool. they're, like, they're running after them. 
So it's just like essentially a chase scene, just like you cutting back and forth between the two parties. So they get to the car and like Debbie's like, fucking unlock the car, Mike. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And just as like the clowns are upon them, they get in the car and I'm so sad to say that they, uh, they run over Balloon Dog. He's I was dead on impact. Like back to back, they have done two different dogs dirty right now because we never see Pooh Bear again. And yeah. I want justice for the dogs. Yeah. Like all dogs. The the only time I will say all lives matter is when it comes to dogs. <laughs> all dogs only matter. time. All dogs matter. God, I love um, dogs. So, um, anyways, they're in the car. They're driving off, right? And as they're driving off, they not only like fucking kill balloon dog they like mm-hmm. rear end the two other clowns and they go fucking flying well then big ass clown the first clown what did you call him uh bulbous clown bulbous clown shows up <laughs> in front of their car and they just like run him over so they get out of there and they're speeding off towards town so the clowns just like kind of like watch them go like they're like laying on the ground and like all at once they kind of just like sit up like unfazed they're like wow guess we're gonna have to head into town <laughs> um so in the car, Debbie's talking about how, like, she has a friend who's a cop, and she wants to go tell him because she knows they'll believe, that he'll believe them. And Mike's like, Debbie, like, who the hell is going to believe this? I don't even believe what we just saw. Um, so that's what they're discussing in the car. But, like, essentially Debbie's like, listen, shut up. We're going to the police station. We have to tell my friend. Mm-hmm. And the clowns, as I just said, after they sat up, they noticed, because they watched where the car was driving to, that it's driving into town, which is called Crescent Cove. Such a good um, that's where they live. So they're like, well, as I said, time to head into town. And this is where the, as I was talking about, this is not the Killer Clowns theme we were talking about, but this is, like, just part of the score. It's called the Killer Clown March. And it's just, like, this awesome just, like, electric guitar. Mm-hmm. It's, like, like, it's just so good. And they're just, like, walking, like, slow as hell heading into town. So then, now we're in Mike's car again. It's just as he's pulling up at the police station. Like, and he's like, and like Dave hears this from inside the station. Like they are screeching tires. He's like, into the police station. And he full on so, hits a cop car. Does no? I think he hits a mailbox. Oh really? I thought it was a car. No, because it like literally like he like uproots it from the ground or uh, some well, shit. He, yeah, I had a migraine when I watched the first thirty minutes of this movie. So <sighs> I'm glad you're doing the opening because, yeah, it's just good. He hits something. So, Obviously, Dave runs out and is like, what is going on? So, like, they run out of the car and they're, like, frantically trying to tell Dave what's going on. So, um, like, she, essentially Debbie is just, like, going through everything we've already just seen. Talking about how, like, people are being killed. There's these fucking cotton candy cocoons. There's these clowns. (laughs) And he's like, okay, 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 okay. Like, come inside. Like, both of you come inside so you can explain this to me. Like, let's not just stand out here in the street. Like, let's go in. So they go in. So after they go in, we also cut back to now the killer clowns have made it to town. They're slowly walking through town. So one of the clowns, um, Wonky Eyes, eyes, he notices, excuse me, a drugstore. And outside of this drugstore is this, like, big animatronic gorilla, like, Mm -hmm. in a dress that's just, like, moving its arms like a robot back and forth. So this clown just, like stands on the other side of the doorway and does the same thing. Like, essentially just, like, stands there pretending to be an animatronic. So these two girls walk up and they, like, see it and they, like, kind of just, like, give him, like, a look, like, oh, that's weird. And they go into the drugstore. And the clown is clearly intrigued. He's like, hmm, I think it's time that I go into that drugstore. But we don't see that right away because we go back. We're now at the police station again. And here they are inside. And they're explaining to Dave once again what's happening. 
as I said, I'm not going to go through it. Essentially, they explained to you everything we just told you guys. Um, To Dave, who obviously, you know, not having witnessed it is like, you know, uh, this is hard to believe. Well, who's listening in but Kurt Mooney? Motherfucker. So he comes in and delivers a line, which I know a lot of people love. It's one of those lines where, like, we had the Leonardo DiCaprio fucking picture of him pointing at the screen. (laughs) Because he's like, he, like, does, like, a whistle. And I can't whistle, so I'm not going to do it. And then he's like, killer clowns from outer space. Holy shit. <laughs> like, clearly mocking them. Um, so, but when he does this, Mike has a reaction where, kind of similar to, like, we were talking about earlier with, like, the kid that was crossing the street and was like, cops. Mm-hmm. Where, like, he recognizes Mooney. He knows. He's like, shit. Well, now that this guy's involved, we're fucked. Because he, like, hates young people. He's not going to believe us. So, he, he was just like, oh, fuck. So... Kurt starts telling them, he's, you know, like, you know, I was just there because he was just out patrolling. Like, I didn't see anything. And Debbie is my bitch because immediately she's, like, essentially, like, hey, um, why don't you mind your fucking business because I'm talking to Dave. <laughs> like, I was, like, oh, girl. She said, say less. Um, so Kurt obviously is, like, not going to take a stand. Like, he's not going to have someone talk to him that way in his police department. Um, so then, like, to Dave, he's like, oh, like, what are you going to do? Like, let them, like, make fools out of, like, the police department? Like, which I laughed at because I was like, girl, the police department does that on their fucking own. Mm-hmm. I promise you. And then he also calls Debbie a tramp. Yeah. Which, like, it's once again, it's like, what the fuck? But once again, it plays into perfectly to everything that's happening in the real world right now. Where it's like... Yeah, cops are the worst, y'all. They really, like, literally the worst things that you could imagine them doing, they're doing them. And they do them often. Um, anywho. So, then, as I already said, Mike has already recognized Kurt as being, like, that cop. Well, now Kurt recognizes Mike. He's like, oh, I know you. You're a friend of the Terenzi brothers, who... If you probably couldn't already put together. They're just, like, fucking pranksters, jokesters. As mm-hmm. Mike said, they're always going on adventures. So you know they've probably had run-ins with Kurt before. And they're nuisances. So because Mike is, like, he can connect the two of them, he's like, fuck Mike. So immediately putting this together, Kurt's like, oh, well, if you're friends with Trenzy Brothers, and you're in here talking this fucking shit about big-ass killer clowns, I know exactly what this is. This is a stunt. You all are doing this because you think somehow it's going to help those two idiots sell more ice cream. <laughs> like, really, like, he's he's reaching. Mm-hmm. But so, like, they're like, you know, no, that's not the case. But he's, like, not hearing it. He's like, you guys are not going to make a fool out of me. So then, like, Dave's like, you know, okay, like, we'll all go in my cop car minus Kurt. I'll take the two of you. And you can show me this fucking tent you guys are talking about where mm-hmm. apparently there's dead people. So let's go. And as they're leaving, <clears throat> Kurt has this great line because it comes back to bite him in the ass because he says, go ahead, Dave, make a dummy out of yourself, but you're not going to make a dummy out of me. <gasps> oh, oh, my God. It's foreshadowing. So good. Foreshadowing. So we don't give anything away because y'all will yeah. feel that impact later. But then the scene pretty much ends where they get into Dave's cop car and mm-hmm. they drive off. Yes. Now we move on, and we are now in the park. Um, you can tell that, like, you're in town. It's, like, better lit. It's, like, a very much more of a populated area. And we follow this, like, random fucking boy. Don't know who he is. We don't really find out. He's just kind of, like, some dumb blonde-looking dude. 
Um, and he goes up to this beautiful gazebo and he sees that there is like a puppet show happening. Love it. So he like goes up and he starts watching and there's two puppets. It's like, I think it's a, a boy and a girl puppet. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, like, it kind of gave me that, um, what, who are the puppets that like beat each other? That's you know not specific. <laughs> what do you mean beat each other? Like there's the, like the famous puppets that like the guy like beats the woman. It's like awful. What? No, you don't know what I'm talking about? Okay, never mind. No. Um, that's fine. I don't want to see that. No, it's... Uh, fuck, I can't think of any. <laughs> that's not I great. thought I had a lot of puppet knowledge. Clearly, you have more than me. I'm going to Google it. Hold on. Because I feel like that's very popular. Listen. What? I stand the Muppets and they don't beat women as far as I'm aware. That's true. Punch and Judy. Punch and Judy. Mr. Punch and his wife Judy. It's like a, it's a British thing, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, but it's kind of like the vibe I got. So like, he's trying to like kiss the female puppet and she keeps like dodging him. Um, and you know, he tries this like three times and then she just fucking pulls out a laser gun and she shoots the male puppet and he just ev- evaporates into this like, like blue light and it's great. Um, and like the blonde boy's watching and he's like, oh, that's cool. And then the female puppet just like slowly turns and looks at him and points the gun at him and her face is just like I don't know how like the puppet didn't look weird when it was like interacting with the other puppet but now it has this like what did you say bitch kind of face where like right. one eye is like dipped down and it's like staring at him with the gun mm-hmm. um and I love it and then slowly this like I think it's the squished face spiky hair boy he mm. emerges from underneath and he just fully breaks the entire puppet stand and he gets up and he just shoots the boy, and it does the same thing with, like, the the pink light, and he yes. gets turned straight into that cotton candy cocoon. Yes, so this love. is the first time that we yeah. see, like, that's what the guns are doing. Yes, it is turning them into this, like, spider web type, like, cocoon, but made of sugar. Um, yes. And he just, like, laughs maniacally to himself, and we cut away. So now we are back at the drugstore, where my favorite clown, the wonky eyes, um... Mm-hmm. He, we oh we come back to the outside and we see that he's gone and we're like okay but then we go inside and we see that the old man cashier who I believe his name is Mr. Myers um we learn later on um is just like yeah, I don't remember looking like super nervous and he's like oh can, can I can I help you and he's like very scared and then we see that it's just because the wonky eye clown is just like browsing the candy aisle and he's just like looking around going up and down the aisles and he fucking knocks over this like big umbrella stand and then we cut and we can see that he has kind of trashed the place there are like multiple cotton candy cocoons like on the floor so obviously he's like putting it's obviously the two girls that walked in before yeah so he's put them into like these little cocoons he's like stock is all over the ground he's just throwing shit around um and we just keep kind of cutting back between the cashier just staring at him like wide-eyed and him just like knocking stuff over um which honestly like i guess what are you really gonna do about it right just like massive clown just like fucking people up and like trying to eat your candy um so we go back to the police car where now dave is trying to get debbie to agree to go home because driving around and he's like you know what debbie this isn't safe like mike and i will go why don't you go home like it's better if you're not involved and she's like, oh, but we should know. He's not asking Debbie to go home. Yeah, he's, he's telling, telling Debbie, yeah. like, you will go home. Y- you-, you have no say. That is true. And she's like, 
I'm sorry. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my boyfriend anymore. And I was Damn! like, oh. first of all, even because if he, Mike didn't know shit. No. First of all, Mike is in the back, like putting the shit together finally. And he's like, oh, she had a friend in the police station. I fucking get it. And, but like the second she said that, I was like, okay, but he could never tell me what to do. Even if he was my boyfriend. Right. Like, bitch. No, 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 no. So he's like very clearly like still has feelings for her. Like it's, he think he says at one point, like. You know, like, my feelings haven't changed, blah, blah, blah. He, just, he literally says, doesn't change the way I feel about yeah. you. And she's like, shut up. And Mike's in the back just, like, grinning, like, thinking it's really funny. Um, so she gave, I don't think Mike thinks it's funny. I felt like Mike was just uncomfortable the whole time. He was just, like, almost low-key pissed. He was like, you fucking let me get involved in this shit with right. your ex now? Well, he's kind of, like, scoffs and, like, grins. And he's like, okay, like, I get it. Because he's an idiot and took him forever. Um, so Dave is eventually like, listen, I'm giving you an ultimatum because I'm the cop. So either you're going to go home or I'm going to bring you back to the fucking station and I'm going to lock you up for safekeeping. So her <sighs> options are I'm going to get put to bed or I'm going to get fucking arrested. Great. You know my younger ass that loved Halloween Town 2 would have been like, <laughs> lock me up. <laughs> oh my God, you can like watch over me. Uh, uh, gross. I hate no. that version of myself. She's dead now. Ugh, it's okay. She has evolved. Um, so Debbie's like, ugh, fine. Like, I guess you have to fucking take me home then. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we cut to this, the, the editing here is just like very all over the place. Um, because we're, I think we're trying to just like intercut the main characters with like the clowns running amok. So yeah. we now go to this, uh, random woman's house with the doorbell rings and she opens the door and she's just like this, you know, classic eighties blonde girl, like holding a glass of wine and she opens the door to find a pizza boy. But it's not just a pizza boy. It's a clown. And he's Mm -hmm. holding a bunch of pizza boxes. Now, she doesn't seem phased by this in the slightest. She's just, like, holding her wine glass, like, okay, hi. She's like, pizza, huh? And I'm like, girl, there is a massive (laughs) clown in front of you. I mean, I also would be like, ooh, pizza, but I would also probably be scared. So she doesn't really say anything. And then two other clowns emerge from both sides of him. And then out of the pizza boxes, like he's in a fucking birthday cake, comes my favorite boy, the wonky eye, and he pops straight out. And I don't think this is wonky eye. No, it is. I wrote wonky eye. I no? thought it was the small one, like dopey. Oh, maybe. They look very similar. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So he's just like fully, because po- the main clown that's holding the pizza boxes, there's like four or five of them. So it's clear it's just like a big box that wonky eye or small boy is in. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, like, busts out of it, and finally, now that she sees four clowns in front of her, she's, like, afraid. Um, but before she can really do anything, he shoots her with his cotton candy gun. And then we cut to another clown, you know, bringing someone else's doorbell, and it's just, this like... This is Big Daddy Clown. Big Daddy Clown. Okay, I like this. Um, this is a good He's name. massive. He's a tank. <laughs> um, so he rings her doorbell, and he hands her, like, a beautiful box of chocolates, and she's like, oh, honey, did you get me these chocolates to her husband off screen? Um, and as she looks away, he, like, lifts his gun. And it's very clear at this point that they're just going door to door, just fucking rounding people up so they can eat them. Did and you get the vibe in that scene, though, that, like, I felt like the sequence of events was, like, she, like, got the chocolates and, like. And then went straight and was- fucked him. <laughs> And then, what did you just Wait, say? What did you say? What did you just say? Well, okay, no, I don't know. I had a <laughs> what migraine. Did you say? It's, I just remember 
after she like says something it, it like focuses on the clown and then you hear like weird like <laughs> noises in the background oh <laughs> no no it's not what i was gonna say girl oh. what were you gonna I was say gonna say that because he hands the chocolates and then because she turns and it's like to her husband that we don't see like did you get these for me like i felt like the clown's face like turned to this expression of being pissed like oh. no bitch i brought you these chocolates i understand i did not think they was gonna fuck I thought Clearly she was did. gonna. I thought she was gonna go over to her husband and thank him. No, whatever. Different interpretations. Film is art. Her true colors are coming out, Alex. <sighs> it's fine. I had a migraine. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna oh, rest migraine. on that. I'm gonna rest on that migraine. All this entire episode. For these clowns is what happened. No, I didn't think she was gonna fuck the clown. I thought she was gonna fuck her husband. <laughs> God, you're allowed to. You know what? She can Anyways, do whatever she wants. Anyway, it's clear that they're just going around trying to get as many victims as they can. Um, so we cut back to our main cast where they have now arrived at Debbie's house. So being the polite woman that she is, instead of telling Dave, she's like, Dave, do you mind if I talk to Mike outside privately? And he's like, yeah, like whatever, go ahead. So Mike <clears throat> and Debbie get out of their car and they go up to her front porch and, you know, Mike makes some comments about how, you know, Dave's probably going to just take me, like, to the top of the hill or top of the mountain, and he's just going to shoot me. Um, because, like, now I'm dating you, and, like, th- this is stupid. And she's like, can you shut the fuck up? Like, do not worry about my ex right now. You need to be worrying about these clowns. Because men don't ever have, like, the correct... Priorities. Thank you, yes. So, yeah. she's like, shut up. Like, you need to worry about the clowns. Um, and she tells him a little secret. She's like, okay, listen, I'm going to follow you guys because I need to know what's going on and no one's going to fucking put me to bed. But Mike is, of course, like, no, 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 no. Why would you do that? I don't want to go. Why the hell would you choose to go? That's not safe. Mm-hmm. You're going to stay right here. And then when everything's done, I'll come back and I'll check on you. And she's like, Ugh. okay, fine. So she gives, like, Mike a kiss, obviously, just to get Dave jealous, I think, at this point. And he sees from within the cop car and he's like pretending he doesn't care and right. we're just like <clears throat> deep in this love triangle right now and i'm loving for it i know not that like i'm really on e- either guy's side i'm just like fully on debbie's side correct because i love her and both of these men are idiots but i'm like okay yeah. so she goes back inside and mike returns to the car um and this is my one of my favorite things that dave does because mike goes back to the car and he tries to get in the passenger seat and it's locked so he has to like fucking <laughs> go back to like the locked police like back seat and I was just like that's like an iconic move to be like yeah sit in the fucking back boy Dave said I am that petty bitch I'm not yeah, above it uh, so we now go back to the convenience store where my favorite clown is just trashing the place and he has been joined by another clown and this whole time the cashier is still just like silently trying to like get them to stop he's just like trembling yeah I'm like how much time has fucking passed because like they have gone all the way from the police station back to Debbie's house by now, and this is still happening. It's just, like, a great bit where it's, like, in theory, you're, like, why haven't they killed this guy? But, like, the bit is, like, well, they need him there so they can check out. Right. (laughs) So, um, so the second clown picks up a can of shaving cream, and he just, like, sprays my wonky eye dude with it. You know, classic clown move. Um, Mm -hmm. and then he picks up this, like, I don't know if you understood what it was. It's just, like, this circular container it's just like powder, like I feel like makeup powder. Yeah, it was it was really weird. I, I was know. like, what? How is this manufactured like this? It's really weird. So he just like picks up some powdered makeup or something, and he opens the lid, and of course he sneezes, and the powder flies everywhere, and it's just like, oh, so funny. 
And that's literally the whole scene. It's just that yeah, I mean, they just keep cutting around. back to that same bit of like, yep, they're still shopping and fucking yeah. this place up. <laughs> um, so now we follow Mike and Dave, and they have finally gotten back to the tent. But lo and behold, the tent is no longer there. Instead, we just see this like massive hole in the ground. So, right. which for some reason, like they don't is not like a huge issue for Dave. He like doesn't have many questions about that at all. No, he's like, I thought you said this is where the tent was, and he's like, it was, it was right there. And Dave's like getting all macho and in his feelings, and he's like, you told me that this is where the bodies were, and this is bullshit. Like, there's nothing here. And Mike is trying to defend himself and say like, she like Debbie saw it. Like it was here. It was right here. I'm telling you. But Dave is, you know. This is where I stopped liking Dave so much because he kind of shows his, like, true colors with, like, well, I have authority here, so I'm going to use that fucking authority because Debbie's not here anymore to try to impress. So he just immediately tries to handcuff Mike. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, you know what? Mooney was fucking right. You're a troublemaker. Like, I'm not dealing with this shit. So he handcuffs Mike. Mm -hmm. And, um, does he put him back in his car? Do they just, like... They just start walking back to his car. They just walk away. So, like, immediately, you're like, okay, I recognize that early on, you know, you were doing your job correctly, but now you're butthurt because your ex-girl has this new guy, and so you have to use your authority to try to, like, shut him up and, you know, be a fucking dick. So... Well, that's 100% what it is, because it's, like, (sighs) one of those things where it's, like, we already know that, like, it was already a a hard story to believe no matter who you're telling it to, right? Like, killer clowns. But it's, like, you know what it went different, like, because it's now just him and Mike, like, as you said, like, he made him sit in the back seat, he doesn't mm-hmm. want anything to do with this fucking kid, like, so then it's, like, he, the first sign that, like, oh, this could not be true, he's not wasting time, he's, like, you're a liar, blah, blah, but, like, as yeah. I said, he's, like, you know, Mike's, like, what do you want me to do, like, the proof was in the tent, like, mm-hmm. at one point he literally says, like, oh, like, this is where the tent was, and now there's just a huge hole, and Mike's, like, yes! Yeah. Like, the hole is from the tent, like, what the fuck, you, yeah. like, it's sort of like a crater in the earth. It's fucking massive. Like, Dave has no fucking questions about that. I don't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Nope. There's nothing here. Yeah, so clearly it's just, like, a moment of, like, him being, like, up in his goddamn feelings. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't trust you. I don't like you. So, like, I'm going to take you in. Yeah. And Mike's like, but Debbie fucking saw the whole thing. You trust her. And Dave's like, I don't hear you. Anyway. Literally. Because you know if Debbie was there and this was happening, like, uh, it would have gone differently. Because he definitely wouldn't have arrested Debbie. No, he would have been like, okay, no, no, like, we can go find it. Like, he would have been Like, as... let's go back to the station and, yeah. like, work this out a little more. Of like, course. he wouldn't have been like, okay, let's bring out the handcuffs. Exactly. Because his actions are very motivated by his own personal gain. We so, see it. Yeah. And so they go back to the car. And then we arrive to what is arguably my favorite fucking scene in this movie. Oh, it's great. I'm so pleased that this worked out where I get to talk about this. Um <laughs> I promise I didn't do it on purpose. Um, so we now arrive to this, like, motorcycle, like, club bar area where, like, this group of, you know, rough riders are all sitting on their motorcycles having a good time. It reminded me of, like, the Salty Spittoon from Spongebob. Oh, 100%. You know, where it's, like, all the tough guys shitting on their motorcycles. Um, it's just, like, this, like, dirty back alley. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I want to go there. Um, and so... <laughs> Why? I don't know. It seems fun. <laughs> we would get um, stabbed. <laughs> I'm fun. They'll enjoy me. Um, we are two women. We cannot be walking there in were some dark women back there. alleys with some bikers. No, but there were some women there, too. Do you um, think they were treated well? Be honest. No, no probably not. Yeah. Um, whatever. So, <laughs> we see all these Good guys, Lord. and then out of the, like, alleyway, we just see... Riding out of the fog 
is this fucking clown. And I don't, it, was it wonky eyes? No, this is little dopey. Dopey. Okay. Tiny clown. I must have gotten the two of them mixed up. So this is dopey. He's coming and he is riding this hot ass pink tricycle. And honestly, that's me trying to show up and look cool. Like if I went, yeah. that's how I would have rode up on like my little trike. Being like, hey guys, what's going on? They see me rolling and they are hating. (laughs) It's so cute. It's very, it's all very Spongebob. I love it. Yes. So he's showing up and they're all like gagged. They love it. They're like, oh my God, big bad Jojo's in the house. One -hmm. of them like calls him Patty. I don't really know where the insult in that is, but that's what he does. So the guy who calls him Patty, this like big burly white dude. He's like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna deal with this. So he goes up to the clown. And first of all, again, like I said earlier, nobody's like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's a weird, like, misshapen clown. No, they're just like, LOL, what a nerd. They're like, look at this guy on his tricycle. Ugh, we're going to get him. Um, and so he goes up and he starts immediately, like, taunting him and bullying him. And he's like, oh, I like your bike. Can I ride it? And the clown's like, mm-mm, and shakes his head no. And he's like, okay, well, can I honk your horn? And the clown says, like, nods his head yes. So, of course, like the classic bully that he is, he picks up the entire tricycle, and he just mm-hmm. smashes it into pieces on the ground. Yes. And he's, like, kicking it and beating it, and all the bikers around him are laughing and laughing. And he's like, oh, man, it looks like I broke your bike. I'm sorry. And so my poor baby dopey clown is just, like, very upset. And he looks like he's he like literally cry. makes little crying noises. Yeah, he's like whining, and he looks like he's gonna cry. And then oh he wait, just... I'm sorry, I don't want to yeah. interrupt you. No, but just ahead. quickly because we haven't made note of it until this point. The clowns don't speak. Yes. When they do talk, it's just like in an alien language. Yes. I'm gonna talk about so, that a little bit. It's just kind of like. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. So, um, anyways, continue. Yeah. So he he looks down like he's gonna cry, and then he literally just leaps out of frame. Yeah. Like, he just jumps straight like, up. Yeah, like he's on like a pogo stick. He just like goes straight out like to the left. And then, like, a second later, he comes back. And the only difference is that now he's wearing boxing gloves. Mm-hmm. And it's my favorite moment because he has these boxing gloves on and he makes, makes these weird little, like, beeping noises that's like, beep, 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 beep. But my fucking mm-hmm. closed captioning, praise the Lord, said, bada boom, bada boom. And so I just like, imagine this little guy going, bada boom, bada boom. And bada I was boom, like, bada ma, bada ma. I was like, literally how I look in a fight. I love it so much. It's so fucking I love cute. That. And I was like, oh, I think I love you. And then, arguably... See, I knew you were attracted to these motherfucking clowns. <laughs> They're adorable. <laughs> I love them. How can you not love them? They're so cute. Um, the fucking guy says my favorite line, which is, what are you going to do? Knock my block off? Mm-hmm. And so, without missing a beat, Dopey fucking throws an uppercut straight up and he decapitates this bitch. Yeah. And his head flies straight off into a trash can. It's amazing. And then his body just, like, folds backwards and kind of, like, shablams to the ground, like, in Drag Race. Like Yeah, it's like a de- It's a true he, death drop. He just, like, fully folds into himself and, like, falls back. Um, the only issue I take with this is that there's not, like, a drop of blood anywhere for having yeah. just decapitated this man. But, like, I will let it go. The budget was used on other things. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good decapitation. And so... The woman that he was with, like, screams, and all the bikers just, like, take the fuck off, and they get out of there. And Dopey's just left there, just, like, laughing to himself, like, <laughs> feeling proud. Yeah, after, like, everything that they do, they always do this, like, like, evil laugh thing. Because they're always underestimated, and then they're like, I got you, bitch. Right. 
Now, I feel like that's the first moment we really see them, like, truly murder a person. Because, like, at this point, we don't know, like, what happens when they're in the candy cocoons. Like, we saw the bloody face, but, like, other than that, like, it's, like, you don't really see anything. Right. And this tiny little boy rode straight up to this biker joint and just decimated him. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so good. Such a good scene. Yeah. The bada-boom, bada-boom. Bada-boom, bada-boom. So good. Um, all right. So now we're back at where we started, which is Big Top Burger, baby. So inside, um, so we see, like, um, I think it's Bulbous Clown. It is. Um, he rolls up on the place, right? He's outside. He's looking in the windows. Well, inside, there's, like, just, you know, people. And at one table, there's, like, two moms with their respective children. I don't really understand the conversation they're having because the one mom says something. Like, her kids, I think kind of all the kids kind of look like mopey or, like, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Or at least the one little girl does. She, like, looks kind of sad. Just doesn't want to really eat her fries or whatever. And the one mom says something like, you know, you know, this isn't as much fun as it used to be. And then the, the other mom says, like, it is if you're the winner. Yeah, I, like, I, I mean, I thought at first that they were in some kind of, like, Chuck E. Cheese type place. But it was yeah. literally just, like, a burger shop. Like, it was, like, Burger so, King. Yeah, so, like, your guess is as good as mine. It's, like, what she's telling me. Like, I was, like, I really, like, came up with everything I could think of. I was, like, I don't know, maybe there was some bet, meaning, like, the winner of some bet had to buy the food or like maybe they were at a sporting game and they're eating here i have no they're literally no context doesn't even matter what the fuck they're talking about um but so the little girl is like sad about something you know mopey and then she turns and what does she see outside the window but big bulbous clown and big bulbous clown is like sitting on one of those like you know like little horses that like rock back and forth like how he's not busting this shit is incredible (laughs) Um, but so he waves at her, and she, like, thinks it's so cute, so she's, like, all a little shy, like, hi, like, waving back, and then he starts to play peekaboo with her, and she does it back, and then he does the creepy, like, luring her, like, with the finger, like, come on, come here, mm-hmm. so she, like, slowly gets up, so we cut, we're, like, we see him doing that, and then we cut back to the table, and she's not in her seat anymore, and you're, like, oh, what's happening, so she's slowly walking over to the door, it's a glass door. He's waiting on the other side. And we see as he's waiting on the other side, still doing the, like, come here, come here, he's got a big old comical mallet behind his back. Mm-hmm. So he's ready to bust this little girl's skull. <laughs> like, no remorse. Um, so just as she gets to the door, she literally pushes it open. Her mom comes over. And this is so funny, too, because, like, the mom doesn't come over and say some shit like, oh, my God, a huge fucking scary clown. Or the mom doesn't say some shit like, you know, don't talk to strangers. Or, like, where the fuck do you think you're going? Like, we just walk out in the middle of the night. All she says is, like, nope, you're not going anywhere till you finish your food. Right. Like, then you can wander off by yourself into the Yeah, night. then you can go fucking hitchhike. I don't give a shit. Um, so then the clown is, like, irritated. And it kind of lets out this, like, like irritated, mm-hmm. otherworldly growl. Yeah. Because um, it, damn. Didn't really going to bust that little bitch's skull in. I didn't get to um, murder a child. I know. God damn it. But so then we're in the cop car, right? So at this point, Dave obviously has put Mike in handcuffs. He's fucking over it. Mm-hmm. So as they're, I don't know why the fuck they drove up here if he, like, doesn't believe any of this shit. But he's taken an alternate route, I'm assuming, to go back. Well, I don't think it's them... very far because, I mean, if, because he goes back to the top of the mountain. And so if they were able to walk from there to the tent. Well, I don't think it's far. I'm just saying, like, clearly they didn't come that way because right, they would have right, right. seen this shit already. Um, but so now they're back, so they're driving, and he stops at Top of the Mountain, Kissing Point Place. And he sees, uh, or not Top of the Mountain, Top of the World is what it's called. Um, oh, yeah. All these cars are still there, but they're abandoned. Like, nobody's there. 
So he's like, what the fuck? So Dave, like, parks the car, leaves Mike in, and he gets out to investigate. And at all these cars, there's, like, shit strewn all over the place, but, like, not in a way where it's like, oh, kids had a crazy party. Because really this isn't even, like, a place they come to party from what we've seen. It's, like, literally where they come to just, like, chill and make out. Mm-hmm. So, like, their belongings are all over the place, and Mike's like, what the fuck? He, like, tries to open one car, and it's locked. Well, then he turns, and he sees another car. Same deal. Like, you know, it's abandoned, nobody's there. But all over just the exterior of the car, it's, like, cobwebs like a huge like almost like a giant spider attack except it's not spider webs it's cotton candy and this car is open and he opens it and inside it literally looks like something you would see out of like one of those crazy spider horror movies where like it's a huge like fucking like covered in webbing Mm -hmm. like you don't want any part of it but it's all cotton candy and inside dream car it really is it's my (laughs) dream way to die let me tell you cotton candy cocoon or nothing um he finds a pair of glasses that are broken, so he picks them up. So at this point, he's, like, you know, kind of starting to put shit together. Like, well, they were talking about, you know, these fucking cotton candy cocoons or whatever. This shit's clearly some cotton candy-ish. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's missing. Like, something's weird is going on. So he goes over to Mike. He takes Mike out of the car. And he starts to uncuff him. And Mike immediately is like, are you going to punch me? <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God. Mike. Yeah, he's like, actually, let me uncuff you. We're going to go right here, right now. So, like, he's like, no, I'm not going to fucking hit you. And he shows Mike the glasses. And Mike is like, I fucking told you. Like, so immediately he just, like, knows who these glasses belong. He's just, like, name dropping people like we give a fuck. Yeah. Like, he's like, those are Bob's glasses. He's like, those are Bob McQueen's glasses. It's always the They were up here tonight. And then he's like, they got him. He's dead. Yeah. And it's like, great positive (laughs) attitude, Mike. So, at this point, it's like, okay, Dave is, like, sort of on board. He's like, all right, all right, all right. I'll give you another chance, essentially, because clearly something is going on. He still doesn't – I don't think he still, at this point, believes the clown things because he, he needs to see it to believe it. Right. But he knows something's happening. So, now we're back at the police station with Kurt, who's chilling. And he gets a phone call. He picks it up. And it's somebody we can, like – you can't really hear the other end, but you know it's somebody calling and, like, saying essentially something about clowns. And, like, he's yeah, clearly saying, annoyed. I mean, because I had subtitles. She's saying that, like, um, you know, there's a clown at her door. They're destroying her property. Like, you need to send someone out here. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what she's saying. Okay. But so he's annoyed because he's like, this is a part of that stupid fucking elaborate scheme they're pulling, right? <laughs> he's like, this is a prank. So he, like, hangs up. Then Deadass says, like, he starts going on a rant to himself, but he hates the youth and, like, their parents send up these expensive colleges, mm-hmm. so he has to babysit them. And literally says he wishes he could shoot them all. He calls them rich little bastards and pricks, and then he just starts drinking. So once again, abolish the police. Um, well, then after he's doing this, the phone rings again. And it's... Now it's the clerk, the store owner from the mm-hmm. drugstore, yes. calling, being like, oh, I have a problem here. And this is when he starts to be like, what? Because, like, this is, like, an adult in the town that's well, now calling. I'd like to say that, I mean, no, you know what? I'm going to wait on that. But th- this is also the, the, the final gag for the grocery store scene, which is my favorite. Oh, yes. Um, so it's the, he's calling. He's saying, like, oh, there's a problem here. I don't remember what the guy's name is. Um, Mr. Myers. Mr. Meyer, but he's like, Mr. Myers, like, and now he's starting to be like, what, like, not you too. 
And then we see, because we cut back to the store quickly of the clerk, is what we were saying for with the cute in his gag is like, he's like still behind the counter cowering, and here comes one of the clowns <laughs> who has just been like, it's like there's like a mountain of shit on the counter that the, the clown just keeps putting on. He has like a fucking baseball hat on now or some stupid <laughs> shit. Like, so it's this gag of like, as we said, like, well, we had to keep him alive because like, who's going to check us out? Like, we got to buy all this shit. Right. Like, I'm ready to check out it. now. Um, but so after he gets the phone call from the clerk, he gets another phone, like the phone rings again, it's another clown call. So even though he's getting all these calls now from different people around town, even people that he knows, like Mr. Meyer, he is still in refusal to like take, to even investigate a little bit. So he's like, you know what, he's now convinced that the entire town is in on an elaborate prank against him well so the way i kind of thread the scene is because he gets the phone call from the woman and he immediately like dismisses her and he's like okay this is a fucking prank and then he gets the call from mr myers and he kind of takes it seriously and then he picks up the third call and i don't remember if it's a man or a woman um but he immediately tells them like you need to see a psychiatrist like you're crazy and then he tries to go back to the call with mr myers but the line has gone dead and it's just like of course the only person that you'll fucking, like, give a second thought to is the other old white man. To be like, right. okay, wait, wait, let me hear what you have to say. And before <laughs> he, like, dismisses everybody. I just thought that was, like, very telling of, like, oh, well, he'll only listen to people who, like, are similar to himself. Because he was like, Mr. Meyer said it. Well, if he said it. Yeah, like, I mean, everything this guy does is yeah. telling of his awful character. Oh, absolutely. But I just um, wanted to make note of that, that he, like seemed to want to give him a little bit more leeway because he wanted to like, yeah. go back to that conversation before realizing that the line was dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so now, as we said before, like, because the, the clowns are about town causing a ruckus. Mm-hmm. So we have one of those another edits where we cut from that scene and we go to just another rando, which is the scene we've brought up multiple times now, which is the car scene. Mm-hmm. So it's just this, this young guy in his car and he's racing down this dark road. Well, that's because who's fucking coming up on his left but a clown? He's he's already seen it, right? He's, like, scared by it. So the first shot, you just see the clown, and it's, like, racing next to him. But it's, like, literally just, like, hovering. Like, it looks like it's sitting in an invisible car. Mm-hmm. So then we cut and we see it from the outside. Well, the clown has these huge headlights on the bottom of its feet. For, so just, good. like, for, like, a sight gag. Yeah. So he's driving, and the clown keeps, like, ramming itself into the side of this guy's car. And because this guy, like, is, like, scared out of his mind, driving so fast, he easily loses control of this car. And he, like, ends up lurching the car and driving through this, like, wooden barrier on the side of the road, which sends him, like, flying off the side of the road, like, down into this, like, ditch. And the car lands straight up and down and catches fire. Mm-hmm. So, like, nothing elaborate, but you know that dude is, like, he didn't survive that fucking crash. No. Um, so now we get to one of the things that I love about this movie. So, this movie, as we said, has so many great, like, gags in it. And they take anything clown-related, like, you're like, oh, what about this thing? And they're like, don't worry, we did it. <laughs> like, literally, don't worry, we did it. Yeah, so, they didn't miss any what- opportunities. Oh, I know. It's great. So, recall, if you can, the popcorn from earlier that was shot at... Mike and Debbie, which Mike doesn't seem to have any of the popcorn left on him at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, neither did Debbie, really. Um, but so she's in her bathroom in her house. 
she's clearly getting ready for a shower. She takes off her clothes, which somebody noted. When she takes off her clothes, like her top, her sweater, mm-hmm. there's no popcorn on it. But then she throws it in the hamper and there's popcorn on it. I, I mean noted that because I was like, why would you ever put your clothes with popcorn on them in the hamper? Like, like do you want bugs? What are what you doing? What are you doing? I did also so, like that they don't show you anything. Like, no, 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 They no, pan no. down when she undresses. And I was like, thank you. So she takes her clothes off. She puts them in the hamper. So some of the popcorn, though, has fallen on the bathroom floor. Mm-hmm. So she, like, whatever, pays no mind to it. She's going over to the shower to get in. But we see the popcorn, very similar to the meat from Poltergeist on the counter, start to move on its own. It's doing that kind of, like, inchwormy thing where it's, like, slowly, like, inching across the floor, mm-hmm. these little pieces of popcorn. So you're like, um, okay, something's going on here. Well, we cut back to Big Top Burger. I don't remember if it's the same clown that was trying to lure out the girl. I'm assuming, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, he's outside. Clearly, he couldn't kill that little bitch, so he has to move on to the next thing. So he opens up this bag. It essentially looks like a fucking, like, a mixture of, like, a bowling bag and, like, a Mary Poppins bag. Mm -hmm. And It's like like the bag the grandmother has in um, Halloween Town. Halloween Town! There it is! So inside is literally just popcorn. This is what my purse looks like. Um, Literally just filled with popcorn. So he opens it up. And he takes out, like, a handful. And now he's next to, like, the big dumpster out back. And he just sprinkles the popcorn into the dumpster. And it, it starts making noises. Like, it's chittering. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like what little chipmunks sound like. Oh. And he, like, closes the lid. So you're like, okay, something's about to happen with this popcorn. Well, we cut back to Debbie. Well, now she's in the shower. While she's in the shower, the hamper that she threw her clothes in that had the popcorn on, it starts it starts shaking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Something's going on in there. Back to Big Top Burger. An employee comes out, goes to this dumpster, because he has to take out the trash, throws the trash in. And as he's walking away, he hears that chittering. He's like, what the fuck? So I'm sure, like, in his jaw, he was put something to the effect of, like, he probably was like, oh, is there raccoons in there? Right. Can I just or make something? note of his outfit? Because... It's oh, it's embarrassing. He's wearing, I mean, from what I can gather, it's his uniform, and I can't fathom having to wear it. He was wearing this, like, very long apron, which is, like, okay, fine. But he was also wearing a birthday hat, like a birthday cone, yeah. like, around his head. And I was like, imagine, like, fun. so it must be some kind of place where, like, I would assume Big Top Burger is, like, a similar to, like, Chuck E. Cheese, where, like, you can eat, but there's also probably, like, games, and they have birthday parties a lot. Um... So like, I feel like it's something more like Johnny Rockets. Maybe. I've never been to Johnny Rockets. I don't know. Whatever. There's, it's clearly a place where, like, parties are held for, like, people yeah. who can have, like, special events. And so, like, I've worn those little party, like, cone head things, and they are so fucking uncomfortable. If they I like to, cut off circulation. Yeah, they're awful. So you're fucking, like, on trash duty wearing this awful outfit. Like, poor boy. And things don't get better for him. No, because once he checks this chittering, because he, like, goes over classic rookie mistake baby rookie mm-hmm. mistake opens up the lid and is like looking in i know i gotta get a closer look so he leans his first of all why would you lean your body into the trash like Never. i'm just thinking about when you take out the trash at the kendall that shit nasty yeah, i didn't fucking disgusting. get i didn't want to do that let alone like get close enough to the fucking dumpster where i'm leaning halfway in no. of course he leans in to investigate and something in there grabs him and pulls him in so he's just like screaming in pain as he's like sucked into this dumpster never to be seen again r.i.p rip to birthday hot boy (laughs) now we're back with dave and mike they are in the car 
So Dave's talking about how, like, you know, okay, I'm going to call the state police. We're going to go back to the station. I'm going to call the state police because they have a lab. So they could probably take some of this cotton candy stuff because, like, clearly it's not really cotton candy. Right. And Mike is also finally up front. He earned his fucking shotgun for Yeah, 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 yeah. He got them. So, like, Mike is just saying shit, like, at this point, like, this is what I've been telling you. (laughs) Like, why do you think that I would make this elaborate-ass story? Like, shit is happening. So... This is when the claws come out a little bit, though. Because you know Dave is still... Oh, he's still butthurt about the Debbie shit. Is this where he throws the shade? Yes! It's so good! It's so good! (laughs) So, Dave starts talking about, like, you know, his knife has been tough for him. Like, for multiple reasons, but essentially because of, like, because Debbie's involved in all of this. Like, and at this point, you're not really sure if he's talking about, like, because Debbie's in danger, possibly, Mm -hmm. or because, like, now he's in Debbie's business again that's bringing up his feelings. So, Mike is like, listen, dude, like, I'm sorry, like, he, I didn't know any of this. Like, Mike is trying his best. Like, Mike really doesn't owe Dave any, like, at the end of the day, like, none, neither of them own Debbie. Debbie's her own woman. She can do what the fuck she wants to do. Right. It also doesn't seem like their relationship is that, like, Mike is Debbie's boyfriend. It seems like they're just kind of, like... Like it seems like they out. just started dating. Yeah, they're just like each other. they're just like hanging out <clears throat> and like hooking up. Like who knows what? Like there's no like it's not like oh, this is my boyfriend Mike. Right. It's not that serious. So Mike is just being like, listen, like you know, he's trying to like sympathize with this guy, like because clearly it seems that De- Debbie and Dave had some semblance of like a long lasting relationship mm-hmm. or a serious relationship. So Dave, don't give a fuck. Dave immediately is like, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. She obviously just goes for laughs, not stability. <laughs> I was like, oh, fight! It was great. Oh, Mike. And, like, literally, like, Mike just, like, doesn't say anything. Well, because Dave like, says it so casually that, like, it's one of those, like, underhanded cuts where, like, yeah. if you, like, if you don't really think about it too much, you could just let it go by. And then, but you're like, wait, what did you just fucking say to me? Oh, it's one of those things. I've experienced it, unfortunately, too many times where it's, like, somebody, co- like, serves you one of those. And in the moment, because you're not expecting it, and because they serve it to you so lukewarm almost, mm. you're like, okay. And then you think about it, and it's not until, like, literally, like, two hours later or some shit, and the moment has passed, that you're mm-hmm. like, wait, fuck you. Yeah. I'll tea, so, I'll shade, I'll pink lemonade. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was tasty, let me tell you. All right. So now we get to one of my favorite scenes, which is... Oh, yeah. Back about the clowns fucking around town so they are there's these people waiting at a bus station and a bus pulls up literally for like a half second like i don't even know how this bus even fucking stopped but it stops for a half second drives away again and who's now waiting at the bus station with them a clown i don't remember which clown it is maybe you do uh i wrote weird skinny fat head clown <laughs> <laughs> that one that oh guy. i remember him yeah that um, guy a clown, y'all. It doesn't fucking matter at this point. So he gets these people's attention, right? And it's like, first he gets the attention of this older couple, and then everybody starts looking. It's like a group of, like, I don't even know, like six or seven at this bus station. And again, they're delighted. They're just, like, immediately like, ooh, a clown. They're like, oh my goodness, a big, disgusting, ugly clown. Um, <laughs> a big, weird, skinny, fathead clown. Yeah. <laughs> you know the one. So he starts doing the shit where they, because like, the behind them is this huge brick wall. Mm-hmm. He starts doing these shadow puppets for them, and they're oh, they're loving it. So first they he starts out with a bunny. There is one guy though that's like an asshole because the first yeah. thing the uh, the clown makes is a little bunny rabbit, and he's like he says something like boo or mm-hmm. something. It's like dog, shut up. Um, so it goes from being like a bunny rabbit 
and then it becomes like an elephant it's even making elephant noises Mm -hmm. um and then it becomes fucking washington crossing the delaware <laughs> like this clown is putting in work and they're 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 all like oh my god this is amazing like living for it and the clown is already like here 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 like he's planning something so this kind of these scenes are like connected because now we go back to mike and dave driving and immediately Mike sees the clown. And he's like, it's a clown! Like, he, like, freaks out. Because, like, this is his moment, right? Like, you can feel it for him. Because he's, like, been talking this whole night about these fucking clowns. And Dave has yet to see one. And he's like, there it is. Like, this, I, I felt this. Just, like, those are those moments when, like, you're trying to describe something to somebody. And they're like, yeah, I guess, or whatever. And they don't fully get it. And then some, it, it happens. Like, it's like, and, and you can finally show it to them. And it's like that moment of, like, euphoria where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. They will finally see and understand what I've been saying this entire time. Yeah, you got so your fucking proof. Literally. So Mike, like, screams about this clown. So, like, fucking Dave rolls up. And they stop, like, right out in front of the clown and these bus, these bus people. So at this point, um, he's now – the clown is now making, like, an I dream of genie, like, silhouette on the wall with his shadows. Yeah, I said that um, he made a skinny legend. Oh, he did. She danced um, She really was. So then Mike is like, what are you fucking waiting for, Dave? Kill him. And, like, Dave is like, no, no, no. I want to I watch first. <laughs> Which, like, wh- part of me was like, what the fuck, Dave? But at the same time, it's like, I guess, like, if you, if you really don't know what's going on, what are you going to do? Get out of his car and shoot somebody? It could right, be just, like, all these old somebody in a costume. Like, who, like, at this point, the clown isn't doing anything. It's literally just in entertaining these people with shadow puppets. Right. So this is when it gets so good. So, from this I Dream of Genie figure, the clown, once again, he does the little, like, he 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 laugh, <laughs> and turns his shadow puppet hands to a T-Rex with a glowing red eye. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like, immediately, it's like the people are scared of it. Even though, supposedly, it's just a shadow puppet. They're like, <gasps> and he makes the T-Rex lean down. And it eats all the people. Yeah, he is. Like, it just so absorbs good. them in its black shadowness. Like, eats them. And then, like, the clown, like, somehow magically, like, sucks the shadow back to his hands. So now he's got his hands cupped. Like, he's, like, holding the fucking souls of these people. Because you can hear them crying out still in his hands. He opens up his little popcorn bowling ball bag that they all seem to have. And, like, puts them. We don't see what he does with them, but he, like, puts his hands down in it. Like, he's, like, releasing them in there. Um, so at this point, like, Mike is like, holy shit! Like, this is some otherworldly shit they haven't even seen. So, at this point, like, Mike is, like, freaking, and he's like, we have to do something. So he, like, literally takes the wheel of the car from Dave and, like, fucking, like, whips it. He's, like, trying to shove his own foot on the gas. And Dave's like, Mike, Mike, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And they, like, are swerving. And they go racing at this clown. And just like little Dopey Clown did for the boxing match, Mm -hmm. this clown just, like, literally waits for them to be, like, a foot in front of him. And then, boing, just goes, (laughs) literally just jumps up straight into the air into the night. So, like, powerful thighs. Dead ass. So, the cop car, of course, because they're just driving recklessly now, smashes into the brick wall. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, Dave's like, what the fuck, Mike? And Mike's like, you know, I'm sorry. I was just like, I'm trying to get him, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, where did he go? So they both lean their heads out of the car window and they look up. And they're like, he's gone. He's he's gone. He's just gone. Mm-hmm. Just have to accept it. So after this, Dave, they're like, okay, 
now Dave has seen essentially all he needs to see. He's like, shit's happening. So he radios to Kurt at the station. Mistake. Obvious mistake. So he tells him, he's like, Kurt, you need to contact the state police. They, there are clowns and they are killing people like I've seen it. So Kurt is like, oh, oh, oh boy, oh, you're not going to pull the wool over my eyes. <laughs> He's like, I see what it is. Like, now you're friends with all of them, and you're, like, screw you, because you're just trying to, like, do what everyone else is doing. You're all ganging up on me. You're trying to break me down, so, like, I'll leave the force. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to happen. And then cuts him off, like, cuts him off from the radio line. So Dave is like, fuck! Like, he cut us off. He's not going to listen. So I need to go back to the station so I can contact the state police, because clearly he's not going to do it. Could and you as imagine, he's saying this... I'm sorry, could you just imagine have, thinking that, like, the entire town has a vendetta against you? But this is so... It, it's the perfect example of, like, fragile, specifically talking about white men. Whether yeah. it's talking about Black Lives Matter, or gay rights, or women's rights, mm-hmm. like, shit like that, where they, like, they have for all of history had all the power and they're the people that it's like no one wants to take their power away from them they want everyone to have equal power but they see it as like if i make anyone equal to me it's taking away my power so they do think like oh yeah. they're the victim and everything everyone's out to get me blah, blah blah because like oh like there's no movement for straight pride or all lives matter and it's like it really is not that deep like you're truly not that important but that's like so indicative of like so many fucking boomer white men being like everything has to be about me I believe everything is about me and everyone is out to get me so yeah of course he would believe that the entire town is going to take the time to make some elaborate killer clown fucking (laughs) shit and call like girl shut up the second the spotlight is not on them they're like oh my god they're out to get me this like this is all about me even though it has nothing to fucking do with you stay out of it it's they really are, like, so draining to be around. Ooh. Like, shut up. This movie up. was so timely for us. It really, like, by accident. Like, yeah. fully by accident. We were like, let's do a movie about clowns from space. And then we were like, oh my god, police brutality and white male fragile masculinity. Literally, we were just like, well, we've done a lot of slashers. Let's do something that's not a slasher. <laughs> and the universe delivered in many ways. Yeah. Um, all right. So, as Dave was saying, like, I gotta go back to the station. I gotta call the police. The state police. Um, here comes the ice cream truck around the corner. But this is what we see at first. They hear the ice cream truck at first. Then come the two girls, supposedly, that the Terenzi brothers were supposed to take home. And they're, like, running and screaming for whatever reason. And then you see the ice cream truck roll out. And then the Terenzi brothers running behind it like they've lost control of the truck. <laughs> this is never explained later about this, I don't think why were they... anything to do with the clowns. It isn't. But the, the whole thing is, like, because Dave at first sees the girls running and hears this, like, ice cream music, this, which I guess you can, like, attribute to clownness. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He, like, immediately is like, oh, like, this is clown shit. So he, like, I think he, like, tries to pull his gun. And then Mike is like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not, they're not clowns. It's the Terenzi brothers. Like, I know them. Um... <laughs> So then Mike is like, listen, you go back to the station and call the state police. I'm going to go catch up with the Terenzi brothers, whatever the fuck they're doing, so we can, like, get in their truck and essentially go around and warn people about what's happening. So Dave is like, okay, like, whatever, like, yada, yada, yada. So he leaves. Mike catches up with the Terenzi brothers, who are now, like, standing with their ice cream truck that is, like, crashed into a wall. And they're fucking arguing with each other, which is something they did earlier. It's, like, something they continuously do throughout the movie where they just, like, argue with each other where they're, like, well, it was your idea to get this ice cream truck. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, no, it wasn't. And it's, like, yeah, it was. You said we'd get girls in it. And they just, like, you know, doing this, like, 
kind of like um the three stooges shit so there's two of them mm-hmm. but they're like you you and they like start like hitting each other or whatever just like complete idiots so mike runs up to them and he like explains to them like what's going on he's like oh my god like guys you gotta help me blah, blah blah and of course like because like mike's their friend and like they're always like joking around whatever they're like you're crazy mike and they're like he's like i'm not crazy like blah blah, blah. like you know again trying to explain himself when he knows what he's saying sounds ridiculous so then they're like well what do you want us to do we gotta deliver ice cream tonight <laughs> like mike is literally like people are dying and they're like well we got popsicles to sell mm-hmm. um so even though like they're not selling any so of course like mike he knows these guys he knows what it's gonna take to get them to at least do him a solid so he's like well could you at the very least take me to debbie's and he tells them that you know because like oh does she have roommates because all these two idiots are trying to do is get laid by as we said literally yeah. anything anything so he's like uh, uh yeah she's got like two beautiful roommates and they've got big boobs and they love ice cream i was like that's us I know! It's my whole personality! Um, and they're like, what are we waiting for? Let's go! So, they take off. Back at the station, it's still just Kurt there. And he's like, he's given up. He's like, fuck all y'all. And he's got a big-ass cigar in his mouth. And he's just letting the phone ring. He's not picking it up. Um, so then, as he does this, who walks in but a big-ass motherfucking clown? It's my bulbous boy. Bulbous boy. Um, so Kurt is like, oh, you done fucked up now, son. Can I tell you exactly what Mooney says? Is it what he says? It's my favorite. He says, Mooney, when he sees the clown, he goes, whoop-dee-goddamn-dee-doo. And it's really Mm. quite excellent. Perfectly captures the emotion Mm. of the moment. So, of course, like, he's definitely thinking this is, like, somebody in on it. Like, someone in a costume, whatever. So... You know, he's, like, playing along with it. He's like, oh, like, a clown has come to see me, blah, blah, So the clown pulls out this, like, yellow bouquet of flowers. And Mooney's like, oh, for me? So, of course, he gets down close to them, and the clown uses them to spray water on Mooney's face. Well, now Mooney's pissed. He's not going to do this hardy-har-har shit anymore. So he's like, all right, like, turn around, the clown. Well, he, he, says, the clown. he says, I ought to shoot you right now, you red-nosed freak. Like, truly just, like, so trigger-happy. It's Mm -hmm. insane. So he puts the clown in cuffs, um, and he says something like, you know, once again, just, like, truly showing what a piece of garbage he is. He's like, you know, he says, like, he's supposed to read him his rights, but Mm -hmm. he's like, you're in Mooney's jail. You ain't got no rights. It's like, "Mm, I don't like the sound of that. Um, So as he's like, you know, all right, he's got him cuffed. He's going to walk him to this jail cell. (laughs) Well, poop. The clown's hands come off. And now they're just like big, like big ass rubbery fucking clown gloves. So like the clown is like, it kills me. Because the clown is like, keeps walking and is like, tee hee hee. <laughs> and like goes into this other room and then pokes his head back out. And he's like, what? Are you mad? <laughs> like, so of course Mooney is pissed. So he goes after him. So now they're back in like the holding cells. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this dark hallway where it's just like, two or three little jail cells the punk rockers from earlier emo punks are in there um and they're like you know hey mooney like you know you how long are you gonna keep us in here like we want our phone call and he's like shut up so they're like go silent and the clown now is standing back there like right in front of the, the punk cell the punks are also not saying anything about this clown like the amount of people in this town just don't fucking say shit about what they're seeing yeah unreal 
Um, so Mooney is like clearly pissed. He now pulls his gun. <laughs> he's been waiting to do this on the clown. Um, and he like tells him he's like, you know, put your hands up. So the clown puts his hands up, and obviously because his hands just popped off, at first there's like nothing there, just like his sleeves, mm-hmm. and then boop, two new hands pop up through him. Um, very SpongeBob-esque with the regrowing of, of limbs. So much of it is SpongeBob. So Kurt, after he gets the new hands up, he takes him, opens up the cell with the punks, and he's like, get in. So the clown starts waddling in. And then as the clown's waddling in, he takes out, like, truly an obscenely long flashlight. <laughs> and smacks the clown in the back of the head with it. Where it's just, like, Is unnecessary. It I thought it, it was flashlight. like because I watched okay. it. I first I thought it was a flashlight, and I was like, "That was really long. Like maybe it was like a nightstick." That's what I. And thought then I it watched was. it again, and it was a flashlight. Okay. Um, but so now that he hit the clown in the back of the head, the clown is pissed, rightfully so. But the clown was like, "Okay, like I'll get in your little jail cell, whatever." And then he like hit him in the back of the skull, and the clown was like, "Now you've made an enemy out of me." So Kurt is like, he kind of like knows, like, because now he's he's showing he's maybe a little intimidated because this clown's big. So he, like, locks the cell and, like, kind of, like, backs away. Well, the clown pulls out a party streamer. Well, I think it's also important to note that after he hits him with the flashlight, his head just, like, turns 180 to, like, look at Mooney. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. So the clown takes out this this party streamer blower, right? And he blows it at Mooney, and it goes to the jail cell. But in very kind of reminded me of, like, Beetlejuice almost, in, like, very Beetlejuice fashion – as it blows out towards Mooney, it turns into a hand mm-hmm. and grabs Mooney by the throat and, like, yanks him to the cells, to the um, the bars of the cell, and, like, kind of, like, smashes his head against him, which, like, and then he kind of, like, slowly drops to the floor. So I guess we're to assume that, like, he's been knocked out. Mm-hmm. And then the clown just, like, turns to the punks who are watching all of this, and they're just like, uh, what are you in for? Yeah, they literally just, like, sup-nod him. And they're like, hey, Right. <laughs> so, back to the popcorn, which, like, we built that up a lot. They really leave us, like, wanting more for mm-hmm. this popcorn. And it's the payoff so is real good. It's so good. So now we're back in the bathroom. Debbie is done with her shower. So she reaches out. All we see is just, like, a hand reaching out for a towel. And now the hamper is really shaking. Like, something is happening in there. We cut away again. Now we're with Dave, who has showed up at the station. He's going to call the state troopers well he goes inside and the station is completely dark and obviously kurt slash kurt mooney i keep calling him kurt and mooney hopefully you guys are following um is not there so the you know the phone is ringing off the hook whatever so dave picks it up and it's literally just like screaming on the other end well because the power's out when he tries to turn the light on like nothing happens but yet the phones are still ringing so Mm -hmm. i imagine it's some kind of like clown thing right because it doesn't really make much sense so he's like, you know, obviously he's like freaked. He's like, what's happening? And on the floor, he sees these big ass red clown footprints. Like literally just look like big ass like footprint stickers on the mm-hmm. floor. So he, of course, is like, okay, I'm going to file these. And they take him back to the holding cells. And when he gets back to the holding cells, the footprints are no longer just a trail on the floor. They're everywhere. They're all over the floor. They're all over the wall. They're on the ceiling. There's a, a couple like blue footprints mm-hmm. mixed in there. Um, so he, like, slowly makes his way over to the holding cell where the two, um, punks were. And all he sees inside in the back corner are, of course, two pink cotton candy cocoons. So, and there's no clown. So Dave goes in 
and he's like investigating them he pulls back the cotton co- like some cotton candy on the lower of the two cocoons because it should be stated that they're stacked like mm-hmm. there's one like near the floor and there's one like up near the, like the corner of like where the walls meet the ceiling mm-hmm. um and he pulls back the cotton candy and he sees the face of one of the punks inside and just as he does that the hand of the other punk in the above cocoon does like a classic jump scare where it like falls down and like hits dave so he like freaks out and he like jumps back and he just kind of like stares at this in horror because like it's like the hand is all bloody he like can't believe what he's seeing because this is the first time he's seeing the cocoons he's seen the cotton candy he has not seen the bodies in the cocoons Mm -hmm. so dave like slowly makes his way back out to the main office and who's sitting at the other end now but our big old clown friend. And who's there sitting on our big old clown friend's lap? Kurt. Who fittingly, even though he said no one was going to make a dummy out of him, well now Kurt is dressed exactly the same, but he has like the two strips of paint down from his mouth and rosy little cheeks to make him look like a ventriloquist dummy. Mm-hmm. So the clown has its hand essentially up, Dave, not Dave, up Kurt's back. Um, I don't know if I just said that. I feel like I might have called Kurt Dave a minute ago. If I did, excuse me. It's Kurt who's the control of his dummy. Yes. Um, so he's like making Kurt talk to Dave. And he says like, don't worry, Dave. All we want to do is kill you. <laughs> um, so then like when he's like, the, the clown has had his fun with Kurt. He takes his hand out, like swoop, out of the back of Kurt. And it's clearly all bloody. So he mm-hmm. like, tr- like Kurt is dead. And he like just like drops Kurt's body to the floor like Yay. We love it. We love a Bye. happy ending. The end. Um, <laughs> roll credits. Um, so then the clown like stands up. And this boy towering. Um, he starts to slowly make his way towards Dave. He's like throwing deaths out of the way. So Dave obviously doesn't know what to do. So he like starts shooting this clown. And like he's shooting it in the chest or whatever and nothing's happening. The clown is not stopping. It has no effect. Well then just like I think kind of on an accident, he shoots the clown in its big red nose. Mm-hmm. And this is the only thing that we've seen at this point that has any effect on these clowns. The clown starts to scream. And then it starts to spin. And as it's spinning, this like green tornado of light starts to like envelop it. Yeah, it's and then almost it starts, like a cocoon as well. Yes. And it starts spinning so fast that, like, then it almost looks like a green crystal in the mm-hmm. middle of it all. And then, poof, it explodes in, like, a sparkle of, like, light and dust. Confetti, almost. So this is, like, the moment of realization that's like, oh, you kill it by shooting it in the nose. Which is also them paying tribute to zombie movies. Because in zombie movies, how do you kill a zombie when, right. like, you know, zombies eat brains, so how do you kill a zombie? You shoot it in the head. Right. Where, like, obviously something you would attribute to clowns is, like, the big red honk-honk nose. So how do you kill it? Shoot its nose off. Right. Um, it's great. So just as this finishes happening, Dave hears the radio. And it's the state police calling. And Dave's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, you got to help us. Like, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we've been getting reports of, like, people talking about clowns. And Dave's like, okay, yeah, but they're they're not even clowns. Like, they're, like, creatures from another planet, and they're killing people. Like, Mooney is dead here. Like, you need to help us. And he, like, waits for a minute, and they don't respond. He's like, come on, damn it. Like, tell me you're going to help me. And they're like, okay, yeah, like, we're sending people right now. So he's like, oh. Thank God. So now he's just, now we know that supposedly the state police are coming and we're just like waiting for them to get there. Yes. And he also, in this moment, he like takes a breath and he's like, 
<sighs> and then he goes, Debbie. And it's like, oh, yeah, duh. The woman that you right. call, you like claim you love. Like, remember her? Like, you, you know, in this her. effort to be like, I'm going to keep you safe. Essentially, you made right. her less safe because, like, not that she can't take care of herself. As I said in our last episode, I do not subscribe to the motherfucking idea that I need a man to do anything for me. But just, just in need the, a man the to safe- kidnap you. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, moving on. It's more of a safety in numbers things where it's right. like if she's out there by herself, you don't know. Like clearly there's multiple clowns and they're about town killing everybody where like at least if she was with you guys, you would know where she was at. Yeah. If I was in that situation, I would have picked her ass up like hours ago. My Dave yeah. is a man and he's fucking stupid. Yes. So what else do you want us to say? Exactly. So we move on. We go back to the ice cream truck, which is now driving down the road. And of course, because they're like you know jokesters paul is on that loudspeaker again and he's calling out trying to get the clown's attention kind of acting like it's all a big joke and mike is like stop like i'm not fucking kidding like stop messing around like stop it and they're like right. come on man like you're being stupid there's no killer clowns and in that moment of course which is so good because you always just like want to prove someone wrong they mm-hmm. come to this like almost parade of clowns and they have this like big like i i mean i called it like a big float what would you call it it's like a big i wrote that it looks like a big like one of those big street cleaners yeah sure and it has like streamers all around it and it has like a big vacuum at the end and they're just it's like eating up all the cocoons that they're making but like right it truly looked like they were having just like a fucking parade like they were just like going around town with their big ass thing with like all their colors and their streamers and they were shooting people into cotton candy and the truck was like collecting it um and so yeah so it's clear that like yeah because like if you're wondering like oh well like you know they had that cotton candy room but then they're like just leaving a bunch of people about town in these cocoons right. well that was their plans like go and put everyone in a cocoon and then come back and we'll suck it all up and bring exactly. it back to our ship right and so we see like some strange like some stranger some man hiding under a car and he sees it and he like tries to make a fucking run for it but the clowns are too good and they catch him and they shoot him and they like you know turn him into a cocoon and they like Mm -hmm. sweep him up um so the boys they see this and they're like okay fuck that noise we're out of here and they drive off right so we finally finally make it back to debbie and she's fully dressed now just like cleaning up the bathroom and we hear like similar noises to the dumpster it was kind of like you know i think you called it chickering where it was like chittering yeah chittering yeah like little birds almost um so she opens up her hamper to throw in her towel, and these two, like, baby clowns emerge. And it, it kind of reminds me of, like, a baby bird, where it's, like, their faces are clowns with, like, the hair and the big bulbous face, but, like, they're on these weird, like, spines, almost. They look like like evil jack-in-the-boxes. Yes. And so they're, like, bouncing back and forth, like, trying to bite at her. And she's like, oh my fucking god. And she, boun- she falls back to the sink, and the cabinet above her sink opens, and there's two more of them in there. And they come out and they just bite her on her shoulders. She's screaming. So she grabs this bottle of hairspray, of course, because it's the fucking 80s. And she just sprays them to shit and then slams the door on them. So the hamper ones are still, like, fucking jumping up and down. They're coming for her. And this big boy. And when I say big boy, I mean he's Well, she kicked over the hamper. Oh, yes. So they're, like, but they're still trying to get her. They're still trying to get her. But, like, they're, like, now, like, they're, like, it's harder because they're, like, on their side. This big boy comes mm-hmm. out of the fucking toilet. And he's the same as them, but just, like, slightly larger and more intimidating. Um, yes. And he's just coming at her. So she fucking falls right back into the shower. 
And she takes the shower head. She must have had one of those, like, I always wanted one where you could, like, take the shower rod off and, like, you know. Oh, I know. It was so, so convenient. So bougie. Um, so she takes it and she just shoves it straight into his mouth and turns it on, which I don't really think that's going to do much. But I feel like the idea is, like, she's him. drowning it. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, at, at best, she has something in its mouth so it can't bite her. Um, so she does that. She grabs the shower curtain and rips it right off that, the rod and she throws it over the boys in the hamper so that she can run out and be escaped. So mm-hmm. she goes out, and she goes to the front door, and she hears Mike's voice, and he's outside, and he's like, hi, it's Mike, come out, come out, come out, like, I need, I'm here to help you. And so she opens the door, but it's not Mike. It's a big boy clown, and he has Mike's mm-hmm. voice. How he has Mike's voice, how he has learned his voice and their language, I don't really understand. It's not really, you know, stated. But with most of these movies, we're never really looking for a logical explanation. Right. Well, because that's really the only moment where they like speak English, right? Where they use that tactic, right? So she screams, shuts the door, runs over to the window, rips it open. She's gonna climb out the window, but lo and behold, when she looks down, there's four clowns waiting at the bottom, and they're holding this like, what would you call that? I was trying to figure out what to call it. It's a trampoline. A trampoline. Okay. Yeah. It's like it reminds me of like when you like jump out of like a burning building and like. The firefighters have like the thing for you to jump on. Well, they literally are wearing firefighter hats. Are they? <laughs> Did you not see that? I didn't. I was so distracted. No, they're wearing firefighter out. hats. Amazing. So yeah, they have a little like trampoline for her to jump on, and she's like, no, 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 no. So she closes the window, but she backs straight up into this big boy clown. I didn't give him a name. I just wrote that he had balls on his head. Well, something to know. I didn't bring this up, but. I saw one when I was looking up, like, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff for this film. I don't remember exactly what it was, but essentially, like, they chose, like, four distinct head molds for these clowns, right? Mm -hmm. There was, like, we want a peanut-shaped one, like, a triangle-shaped one, like, two other shapes. So then every clown in the movie, and there's a lot of them, have, like, a variation of that. So essentially there's, like, almost, like, I think there's, like, two of each head shape, which is why it's easy when you were talking about, like, um... Mm -hmm bulgy eye clown and like a small clown because they have the same head shape right they look similar okay yeah so he's he's just like a big old boy we don't really i don't really distinctly remember him from before Mm -hmm. um he just picks her up because he's a big boy and he just throws her across the room onto the couch Mm -hmm. and two more clowns emerge from behind her and they take out their plastic fucking gun and they shoot her but instead of turning her into the classic cotton candy cocoon Mm -hmm. alliteration they turn her into this like big balloon and at first it looked like a big ass embryo to me because it's like yellow and it has like red like veiny things on it um yeah so now she's just like fully encased in this big ass balloon don't really know why to her to them she's so special that she gets this balloon but she's special to me so i'm happy that she gets the balloon well, it's like a classic, like, well, she's, like, one of the leads. We can't right. kill her. We can't put her in a cocoon. So we're going to do this. So we now cut outside, and the boys have arrived at Debbie's house in their ice cream truck. Right as they see the big boy clown carrying Debbie out, like, holding her fully like a balloon. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, you, you, you can still see her inside, like, struggling, trying to get out. Um, and he attaches her right to his car so he can drive off with her. Um, and they drive off, and they follow her in the ice cream truck. They all drive right by Dave. So who, he's like, oh my god, like that's Mike. So he follows right. after them. So now it's just like a chase upon a chase. So they're, the ice cream truck is chasing It's important to say, though, yeah. that when Dave follows after them, he puts yes. on his sirens. Yes, I was going to say that. So it's, you know, the clowns being followed by the ice cream truck who's being followed by the cops with the siren going. Um, so they're driving, they're driving. 
But these fucking idiots, the Terenzi brothers, mm-hmm. like, m- maybe they haven't really grasped the concept that Mike has been with Dave all night and that, you know, the cops I mean, I guess they help. wouldn't because Mike didn't tell them that. As far as we saw, yeah. So Mike is yelling for Rich to drive faster, drive faster. And Rich is like, dude, this is just an ice cream truck. Like, it, it can only fucking go so fast. But then Paul, being scared that they're being chased by the police, is like, you need to fucking stop. The cops are coming. And so, of course, they, like, slam on their brakes, causing Dave to ram right into them and, like, mm-hmm. cause this accident. So Mike's like, you're a fucking idiot. What are you doing? Um, so he gets out of the car and, you know, Dave's cop car is all fucked up. Like, it's smoking. It can't really be used. So he's like, we need to go. They have Debbie. Come on. So Dave gets into the ice cream truck and they all take off, going off looking for the the clowns and they're like we lost them you know what are we gonna do and they're like aha they're clowns they're going to the amusement park duh so well, I, oh my god i love this shot though because it's literally like you know like if i were a clown where would i hide and it's like well, the amusement park and they show you um they get this shot of like the ice cream truck and it's driving on like this coastal road so like mm-hmm. the ocean is like right there on the side of them and they're driving up towards this boardwalk amusement park which you already know girl it reminded me so much of the lost boys. lost boys i fucking knew it which is for all of you listening not only is it my favorite movie of all of anything i've ever seen in my entire life i have seen this movie i swear to god at least 100 times at least I own it on DVD. I own it on Blu-ray. I ask Alex. She will fucking verify all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I am, like, I'm not someone that, like, necessarily collects a lot of memorabilia for a lot of things. This is the one thing where I'm like, I want to own everything Lost Boys related. I'm obsessed with this fucking movie. I think it's the best movie ever fucking made. Like, I'm obsessed. So anything that's even close to referencing the Lost Boys, I'm like, <gasps> So when I saw this, because it had been, like, a literal year since I'd seen it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, we love this. And I think Beautiful. The Lost Boys is fine. <laughs> and this is when me and Alex's friendship ends. Uh, I love it. Um, Anyways. Fine. Anyway. Yes, it's a beautiful shot. It makes me want to go to, like, California. Hell badly. yeah. So, we now arrive at the amusement park. And we see this little tubby cop boy. He's just doing his rounds. He's got his little sandwich in his baggie. Um, mm-hmm. And, also, I want to say, remember we yeah. talked about in the first episode how when I was in the video store, I remember distinctly a scene from Friday the 13th and from Killer Clowns. This was yes. the Killer Clown scene. Oh, this is a good scene to see. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's just doing his rounds. And the clowns arrive in their little clown, clown car with Debbie at the entrance of this, like, big fun house. And the mm-hmm. cop is like, oh, I'm just going to say ahead of time, um, it has just started thundering here, so we might have some thunder in the background. Can't really do much it. about that. Yeah. Um, it's very nice it's gonna cut this fucking heat anyway um so the cop is like hey guys like the park is closed you gotta get the fuck out of here and of course because it's the fucking gag of it all you can't have a movie about clowns and not do it the door Mm -hmm. opens and all of the clowns start coming out of the clown car one by one by one um you know we got a lot of new clowns i haven't seen before we got Mm -hmm. we got one that had like really big bottom like he was just very like bottom heavy and I loved mm-hmm. it. I liked it. He was wearing, like, a weird dress. We got our <laughs> tiny little dopey boy. They're great. And they all have pies, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think he says something like, what are you going to do with those pies? Which Oh, the line is, what are you going to do with those pies, boys? <laughs> I love it. And so, no shock here. They throw the pies at him. But 
there's so many pies that just keep coming like left and right pie 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 until he is just completely covered in whipped cream and like fruit and crust and he falls they use the real pies like a lot of the times in these oh, movies they use just like it. whipped cream they used real pies but you could tell because um, you could see the layers oh yeah you could see the crust you could see all Ooh. of it honestly my first thought was not a bad way to go because like oh, if you're gonna you can go pies, by death by pie i'll do death by cotton yeah, candy i was cocoon. like it'll be perfect not bad so the clowns they just walk over him his like whipped cream covered body and they go into the fun house and then my cute little baby boy who i love comes and he puts a really big cherry right on top of him adorable i fucking love because, it because um the pies are actually like literally acidic well yes yeah, so so we're like, gonna get to that it's literally just like a pile of like you can't even see this guy's yeah. body it just like literally looks like a pile of pie yeah it's great so he puts a cherry right on top so the ice cream truck finally arrives and the terenzi brothers get outside and they find the cop covered in pie and they're like what is this and this just looks like a pile of melted ice cream but then you see his like fucking skeleton hand and you realize that he has just been fully disintegrated by acid mm-hmm. and i take back my earlier comment that i mean do not want to go this way damn i immediately was like an about face no thank you keep those away from me i will take a real pie but not an acid pie um so they're like okay i guess they're probably in here so they all go inside and dave's like all right like we gotta stick together we can't fuck around and of course the ice cream boys are like not taking it seriously they're goofing around oh, oh i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah um right before they walked into they like kind of pan up and you can see the top of their like circus tent ship mm-hmm. so it's oh, clear yes, yes. that like that's what they're walking back Thank into you. this yes. time yes so it looks like a fun house from outside but it's really mm-hmm. the tent um so they're just like kind of like speculating as they're walking through being like why do you think the clowns are like here and they're like, no, man, they're not clowns. They're aliens. They took on the form of clowns. And they're like, wow, like, they're probably really intelligent. Like, why don't they talk to us? Why are they just killing people? And Paul's like, I don't know, man. Maybe they were just cruising through the galaxy and they, like, stopped for a bite to eat. And that kind of, like, stresses everybody out and they all shut up. Yeah, they're like, okay, no more talking. Yeah, they're like, okay, let's not speculate anymore. Um, So Dave's like, all right, listen, if we encounter these fuckers, like, you gotta shoot him in the nose. I did that. One of them died. That's how they like. That's how we're gonna beat them. So they're going downstairs. Also, they, I yeah. want to make note. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, go the ahead. room they were just walking through was so great because it's a little dark room, but it's these. He- the whole room is just filled with yes. these huge cutouts of like dinosaurs and like mm-hmm. alligators and shit, and they just have to keep like walking through them. It's like so creepy. I love it. Yeah, the set design of this whole movie is amazing. Like anytime amazing. that they're yeah. they're in the tent or the funhouse, it's just like bright and colorful or like really weird and like spooky i love it right so they go down these stairs and like the entire room is just covered in like fog um and of course because these boys have not learned paul starts pressing like buttons on the wall and it like he he presses like one of the red buttons and this like horn blows and like fog shoots up and they're like what the fuck are you doing stop like you're making like noise you stop it don't touch anything and so they're about to go through this little door and Dave's like, all right, guys, everyone stick together. And immediately the two brothers just fall straight down into this big ball pit. Mm-hmm. And so we cut back over to Mike and Dave who now turn and immediately see them gone. And Mike's like, don't worry about it, man. They do this all the time. And I was like, what do and you he's talk-? like, those guys. It's like, what do you mean? What do you mean they do this all the time? Like they always run amok when they're being chased by aliens. Okay. 
So they just are like, okay, fine, they're gone, whatever. So they move on. So we followed the brothers in the ball pit. And (laughs) this is is just going back to what you've been talking about a lot in this episode. So they emerge from within the ball pit, and we see that there are two female clowns who are sitting on the edge staring at them. They got tiggle bitties, and they got Literally, one of them has inflatable boobs. Like, Like they keep growing. Yeah, they're just getting bigger and bigger and kind of, like, falling more to the side. And they got beautiful red hair, and I was like, is this me as... Stop it. ...an alien clown? (laughs) Um, And so Paul says one of my favorite lines, because it doesn't make any sense, and he just looks at them and goes, are you Debbie's roommates? It's it's just so fucking stupid and oh, funny. I love it. And then we cut, and you're like away from them. And you're like, okay, I don't even want to know what's happening. Exactly. You will know, but we don't want to know. Um, so we follow Dave and Mike, and finally Mike is like, oh my god, this is the hallway that we were in earlier tonight. Like we are in the tent, we are in the spaceship. Mm-hmm. Like shit, this is it. We gotta find her. So they go back down the same hall that they had gone down at the beginning, and they find the door. And they go into it, and they arrive in the cotton candy room. Now, the cotton candy cocoons, I didn't really remember from the first time we went in, but they are everywhere now. I'm assuming... Oh, it's definitely more. Like, it's literally, like, they are stacked. Like, it's the whole town is in there. Yeah. So they're going around, and they're looking for Debbie. But this is the part that I was like, are you idiots? I know you are, but, like, they're going through all the cotton candy racks, like, looking for her. And I'm like, you know she's in a balloon, right, guys? Like, why are you looking like what so they're just looking around and then this big old boy comes in he's like a big round boy and i like him i think it's big daddy clown again is it big daddy clown he's so good so he comes in and they're they're like okay we have to hide so they hide among the cocoons he's just like fully waddling his way around and he's like like pushing on a bunch of cocoons like how i like test the ripeness of like a fruit almost Mm -hmm. and he's like feeling them and he finds one he seems to like it so he takes out this, like, really big, twisty straw that, like, you always get at, like, friendlies that I fucking love. Dog, but, this like, straw ooh, so good. is on my Christmas list. I, I want, want this. It, because it's not your regular, like, ooh, swirly, fun straw. It's, like, elaborate. It's got twists. It got turns. It got dips. It got flips. Mm-hmm. Like, it literally looks like the most elaborate, like, water slide you've ever seen in your life in, like, a straw form. I, I would be surprised if it actually, like, works. Like, I'm like, oh, how yeah. hard do you have to suck on that to get any, like, liquid through it? But I'm sure that somebody on Etsy or some shit sells it, and I... I'm gonna buy it. I want. I don't even it so know bad. where you would store it. It's so big, but I love it. Uh, it's obscene. It's so good. Um, so he sticks it into one of the cocoons, and he takes a big old like suck, and he starts drinking it, and we see this red liquid coming through the straw, which I am assuming is blood. Yeah, cotton candy flavored blood, maybe. Delish. Um, he sucks it all down, and he gives out one big Anya burp. Oh, okay, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, mm, yeah, yum. Um, and so immediately the boys are, who are watching this are like, fuck. And he, Mike fully like yells, they're going to eat everyone. And I'm Mike like, has volume control and issues. I'm like, like goddamn, Shut up. He is right there. Um, and so they like, I, does he leave? The alien must leave. The clown. That one leaves. Yeah. Okay, he yeah. walks out. He leaves. So they go on looking and they find Debbie and she, they find her big ass balloon and they try punching it. And I'm like, ugh, men, stop punching it. It's not going to work. So Dave just, Well, then the alternative is worse. <laughs> I guess, but it works. He takes out his fucking gun, and he's like, all right, hold on, and he shoots the balloon, which fully breaks it, and Debbie falls out, and she's like, oh my god, I couldn't breathe. Like, thank you, thank you. And so they're all hugging, 
and they run off. Oh, no, they're not all hugging. No, Dave and, and Debbie are hugging. She, like, latches onto Dave, and I said, I see you, girl. Mm-hmm. I see you. Well, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, he looks like Glenn Powell. <sighs> anyway. Um, Delicious. So they start to run away, but Dave's like, but there's so many people here. Like, we have to try to get these people out of these cocoons. But before he's able to, like, all these other clowns come out of the fucking woodwork, so they have to take off. So Dave's shooting at the clowns. He gets one of them. It bursts into confetti. Um, they're just, like, essentially just running around through the funhouse, and it just becomes this, like, Scooby-Doo-esque, like, chase scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so they find this fireman's pole, and they're like, all right, we got to get down it. And I think Mike is the one who's like, I don't want to go down that thing. And it's like, well, since so she's like, I don't know what the fuck is at the bottom of that. Right, right. So they go down while Dave is shooting. And they stop at, like, the level below, and Dave's like, why are we stopping here? And, of course, you get the nice little sight gag of, like, you look down, and at the bottom of the pole is this, like, weird creature that's, like... It looks has... like the sandworm from Beetlejuice. Yeah, it has, like, its mouth open, and it, the its pole, like, goes into its mouth. It has, like, all these sharp teeth. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, oh, yeah, okay, that's why. So they start running through this hall that, like, is very funhouse. It's, like, moving side to side, where, like, you know, you could easily, like, fall down and get disoriented. And then they run into this, like, it. it's like that fish in Finding Nemo. It's an anglerfish. An anglerfish, thank you. It has, like, the light on its head. Um, so its mouth is open, and it's obviously the entrance to a room. So they run into it. And um, they end up in this, like, big room just full of, like, normal-sized balloons. It's, like, super fun, cute, very bright. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, the clowns run in behind them, and then they run out of another one of the anglerfish's mouth and down another hall, and the clowns are, like, really close behind them. So it's just this big chase scene. And they finally yeah, make There's, like, it... a lot of great visuals where, like, yeah. we could describe them, but it's not going to do it justice, like, as we've recommended, see it. Like, it's just, like, yeah. there's so many colors, there's so much visually going on in all of these rooms mm-hmm. that it's, like, you won't even get in. Even if we described it perfectly, you will not get the same enjoyment unless you see it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Please check it out. Just... If, if for nothing else, just the design of everything, because it's so beautiful. Like, if you have to just fucking Google image search it, at the very least, yeah. so you can see or just it. go on our Instagram, we'll probably have photos on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, they finally made it to this door, and they're like, oh my god, okay, open the door. And it's kind of like one of those Russian dolls situations, where, like... I love this bit, I think it's so yeah. funny. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of, like, Willy Wonka, too, where, like, they open the door, and it's just another door. And they open it, yeah. and it's just door after door after door, until it's, like a, like, a slightly tiny one. So, they all... Because Mike keeps doing it, and he keeps going, another door, another door, another door. Mike's not the best actor, I'm going to say it now. Well, he's one of their friends that they got I know. But honestly, on the basis of, like, getting one of your friends to act, I didn't think he was that bad. I was like, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, I thought that he was, like, not great until you said that, and I was like, you know what? I'll give him a pass. Um, So, they finally get to the last door. And it's very good timing because Dave has realized that he is fully out of bullets for his, like, shotgun that he's been using. Um, So they all go through the tiny door and they stick the gun in through the lock to keep it in place. And they're like, okay. Did you notice they have another balloon dog at this point? I did not. Yeah, when they were chasing them right before Dave goes to the door (gasps) and they're, like, approaching, they have another balloon dog. And I was like, "Ah, he Uh, came back to us. Okay, good. I love that. Um, So they lock the door, but unfortunately when they turn around... They're in a very large room with a bunch of other clowns. So all the clowns are coming out from behind, like, this big structure, coming at them. It's just, like, a bunch of, like, it looks like a Nickelodeon, like, 90s game show. Like, just a bunch of huge blocks and pillars that are all, like, really colorful and shit. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what the room is used for. Um, A Nickelodeon 90s game (laughs) show. (laughs) 
like <laughs> oh you're right i'm sorry um so they're like come they bring the clowns are coming at them from every angle so they climb onto this big structure which like you just said is pretty much just like big circular like structures um mm-hmm. and so they climb to the top and the clowns are climbing up swinging bats at them and it's kind of like this moment of like well fuck they're kind of trapped here yeah. But who's gonna come to the rescue? But the... What the fuck are their names? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my the Terenzi God. Terenzi brothers. Thank you. The fucking Terenzi brothers come smashing through this concrete wall. Don't know how they did that. With their in ice the cream ice cream truck. truck. It's not their body no. smashing through in the wall. The, they didn't in the ice out. cream truck. And they're using the loudspeaker. Now, I just like to comment on how they look before I say about what they're you saying. You have to. You have because to. Because they come through... And they are in, their clothes are in tatters, just, like, ripped apart in, like, strands. And they have Mm -hmm. lipstick covering their bodies. So, Mm -hmm. you are right. They really will fuck anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Honestly, Alex, it seems like they lived your fantasy of fucking the clowns. Wow. You know what? (laughs) And they got the ice cream. They're, Mm. they really just kind of stumbled upon a great night. Um... So I think they fucked those clowns, and that's really all I'm going to say about it, I guess. Yeah, that's um, all needs to be said. Yeah, so they are, for the first time, using their fucking brains, probably because now that they've had sex, they can, you know, think about other things. So God. they're using the loudspeaker to try to command the clowns using the clown head that's on top of the ice cream machine. Ice cream machine, oh my God, ice cream truck. And so he says that they are the great and powerful JoJo. And he commands that they leave them alone. And so they're just pretty much saying the same thing of like, stop, I am your leader, let them be. And so with the clowns are all kind of like mesmerized by this. Mm-hmm. And so Mike, Dave, and Debbie are able to like slowly climb down like through the line of people and get into the ice cream truck. So they're, they're in the truck, they're trying to escape. Um, and then there's this like weird, loud, like gong sound, which just gets everybody's attention. And slowly from the ceiling emerges this, like, big boy. What did you call him when we were talking uh, well, earlier? He is uh, affectionately coined the name, not coined the name, he's fucking called Clownzilla. Clownzilla. He, he is, is about seven, not seven, he's like ten times bigger than any of the other clowns. Yeah. He's, he's ma- He literally is the size of Godzilla. He's bigger than the ice cream truck. And yeah. he, he's like, comes down on strings. I don't know if we're supposed to be able to tell that he's on strings or if that's just bad, like, effects. But he's like fully on strings. He like slowly. Right. He like it's like Lady Gaga in like a concert, like at the Super Bowl. Yes. He like she comes down. Yes, Gaga. Yeah, Gaga. So he comes down. He's growling at them, and he's coming like straight at them. So I, I think at this, they're not in the ice cream truck. I think it's just the brothers that are in the ice cream truck at this point. Yeah. Um. So he comes. Well, they couldn't just, get the truck to start. Right. So he starts smashing on this truck. With the brothers still inside of it. Because they wouldn't leave it. That's the whole thing. It's like, right. they were like, we gotta run. And they're like, we can't leave our truck. We gotta sell our ice cream. So he starts hitting it. And he just picks the whole thing up. Because he's so much bigger than this fucking truck. And he throws that shit straight across this room. And it explodes. Like, violently explodes. Yeah. Like, I feel like a big chunk of their budget was on that explosion. Mm. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, they're dead. R.I.P. Yeah. You idiots. Um. But, you know, the people don't have much time to mourn because the clown's coming right fucking for them. So Dave is like, you know what? I'm going to be the fucking hero of the day. Mike, I need you to take Debbie and you need to fucking run for it. I'm going to distract this fuck. Okay. And Mike's like, okay, thank you. 
So Dave has like this handgun that we haven't seen yet, and he starts shooting at the big ass clown, trying to like you know distract him. Mm-hmm. So Mike and Debbie are are able to run off. They escape outside. I'm assuming through the hole in the wall. Yeah, it was the hole the yeah. Trenzi brothers made. So, you know, they get outside, and we see that the like metal poles that you were talking about earlier that were holding the like tent the spaceship down, like yes. poles. Yeah, it, they start to rise up, and they go right up into the top of the tent. And that's all we see outside, and we go back in to Dave, who's still shooting at the clown until he runs out of ammo, and then he's just straight up picked up by the clown like he's like King Kong and like the blonde woman. He's just like picks oh, him yes, straight yes. up, and well, what's cool about this is one of the Tarent, mm-hmm. not Tarent brothers, one of the brothers, the whatever the first fucking last name was, the guys that the made the Terenzi brothers, yes, no, not the Terenzi brothers, oh, the Chiodos, yes, <laughs> they were in that Godzilla costume, so like all those scenes are like forced perspective, right? Okay, that's cool. I like this. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I think calling him the Clownzilla, yeah, it's all very much an homage to Godzilla and, like, yeah. the monster movies. Um, so he, we go back outside um, to now see that the tent has started to spin. And it starts yes. to rise up off the ground, and it's spinning faster and faster and faster like a top. Like a top. And as this is happening, finally, of course, like every horror movie, the state police have arrived, and they're coming Yo, up. just when everything is yeah. too late. They're fucking coming up in force, like a ton of them. Um, and everyone's wa- everyone gets out of the car, and they're all just kind of, like, watching this tent rise up into the sky, spinning, like, mesmerized. So it looks back- like a massive dreidel. Yeah, exactly. We go back inside, and Dave, being a smart boy, knows that, like, he is out, he, like, what's he gonna do against this big fucking thing? So he takes his badge off, and he stabs the clown in the nose with it which pops his nose. Very smart. So mm-hmm. he falls to the ground and does the whole thing where, like, the clown starts to have, like, that green cocoon diamond-esque thing around him as he's spinning. And then he bursts into confetti and it causes the entire tent to just explode into this, like, grand fireworks thing. Yeah. And it's kind of beautiful. Um, but yeah. you're like, God damn, Everyone's dead now. So many people are dead. And, like, all these cops that just rolled up, like, who obviously know nothing, are just, right. like, watching this speechless. Right. I mean, I would be. And then a, the clown car falls from the sky right in front of them. And when the door opens, who do we see emerge? But, our, of course, our hero, Dave. He mm-hmm. has survived. Mike and Debbie both run to him, and they both fucking hug this man. And I was like, is this the start of a thruple? I, think, I hope so. I think maybe. Now Mike and Dave are, like, buds. And, like... The sexual tension between them was real, so... It was. And I feel like they finally, like, come together through this. And I think Debbie is the real winner because she gets both guys. Mm. And I think that's really, you know... That should have been the end of it. But, of course, because they can't. Who else emerges from the fucking clown car but the fucking brothers, who are now covered in ice cream. Yeah. And Mike's like, what? I thought you guys were dead. And they're like, nah, man, we hid in the fucking ice cream freezer. Which. Literally like, as if that could yeah. ever. The fucking car exploded. Right. Like. And they're all just like, oh, this is amazing. So happy. And then they think it's all over. And these three pies get thrown directly into their faces. 
the everything well, it's like this like confetti from the explosion or like kind of sparkles come down okay that's what it is because then they're like you know they look up at it like it's almost snowfall and debbie's right. like do you think it's over and mike's like yeah sure and then like yeah smacked yeah. in the face all three of them with yeah. a different with a pie yeah and then it just like freeze frames and then goes right to credits and we have that same incredible bop from the beginning that plays the over the song baby it's so good it's and that's so it. good that is the that killer is, clowns from outer yeah. space it's such a good time. Like, it's so fun. Um, so, yeah. So, I just can't. I just, like, literally <laughs> getting to rewatch it was so fun. And then, like, getting to essentially rewatch it again by talking through it. It's yeah. just, like, oh, it puts, like, a nice sparkle to your day. It, it was a really fun time. If nothing else, I feel like of the three movies that we've watched, this is just the most, like, silly and, like, easy to watch movie. Because mm. nothing is serious about it. It's just so, like, tongue-in-cheek. But also, like, there is a little bit of commentary that I don't even know if they necessarily meant to have. But right. But I, I love it. It's great. Yes. So um, what is your review, Mama? My review? Okay. Easily, it is a four-star boy next door for me. Um, honestly, part of me was like, isn't a final girl five-star? And, like, no, not quite. But, like, I love it. I cannot recommend it enough. It is boy next door definitively i agree i also gave it a four stars boy next door i think it's just so much fun you really like if you don't have a fun time with it then i just need you to like take a step back and be like do i need to take myself this seriously just have fun yeah it's just like at the very least like someone i love to talk about um Mm -hmm. is as i already brought up my friend roberto because he always says that like the three things he looks for in a movie is fun sexy gay (laughs) <laughs> which this isn't particularly it's not gay and it's not really sexy there is a little bit of like homoerotic tension between the boys that's true um but it is fun um so hopefully on that basis if it meets at least one of those criteria you should watch it um but yeah i it just really is like a good time like you're not gonna get like your normal like you know steamy slasher moments but it really is just, like, there's so much to love. There really is. There is. And, I mean, I feel like my one issue, if I have anything with it, is just that, you know, it has the classic happy ending because, like, our main characters have escaped. Mm-hmm. But we kind of just forget about the fact that the entire town has just been slaughtered. And oh, yeah. I mean, they all blew up in that all, fucking spaceship. Yeah. They were probably already dead in the cocoons, but now they're all completely dead. And... The only people that survived are the dumb fucking horny idiots from the ice cream truck and the girl with her two boyfriends. Well, originally I read that, um, originally the way it was supposed to end was only the Terenzi brothers, I guess the Terenzi brothers wouldn't have, I don't even know what happened, but essentially like Dave was supposed to die. Mm. Like he was going to die like a hero in the explosion. Mm -hmm. But then like the studio or whoever was like, we need a happier ending. So like everyone had to live. Everyone except the rest of the town. Yeah, they don't fucking matter. <laughs> Joe um, Lombardo, we miss you. Oh, Joe Lombardo. Justice for Joe. <sighs> uh, but, okay, so. Yes. And now it's time for us to give you our favorite online reviews that we have found. Okay, so I will start with my, I feel like I usually do, like, a real review and then, like, one I just thought was funny. Um, mm-hmm. So this is from a letterbox review. It's one star, which I don't agree with. Um, I do not know how to say this name. It's spelled Sursilas. 
S-E-R-S-Y-L-A-S. I mm-hmm. probably botched that, but sorry. Um, and it says, it's kind of bougie, but I like it. It says, while plebeians argue the difference between movies and films, Killer Clowns boldly pushes to be both. Simultaneously, a movie about losing and finding love, the incompetent police state, and being so horny you buy an ice cream truck, Killer Clowns confronts how industrial society warps our sense of justice from adolescence to adulthood. Sublime filmmaking. And I was just like, this review reads as like someone's fucking college thesis, and honestly, I would read that paper immediately. <laughs> it's like, it's not that deep, but we appreciate it. Yeah, it's like, you're really stretching, but also you're not wrong, but also mm-hmm. it's take it a little bit less seriously but like right like just take a breath you're not wrong you're not no that's my review okay um first one i will read which i was just like yes 100 percent. it's from letterboxd user's name is patrick Mm -hmm. it is a three and a half star review with a heart and it says the killer clowns are everything i want in a friend group fun to look at slightly intimidating obsessed with baked goods good at shadow puppets Correct. And I thought, um, yeah, that's how I want my click to look. Like, that's why I'm friends with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And that's why I'm friends with you. Amazing. Actually, I lied. I'm friends with you because you want to fuck clowns. Anyways. Not that wrong. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, my second review um, is just very quick. Something I agreed with. Uh, five stars from Julie. And all she said was, the balloon animal dog should have won an Academy Award. And I oh. am I am here for the justice for these fucking dogs because they deserved better. Yes. I love that dog. I love that. When he came to life, I shrieked. <sighs> I said, this is exactly the kind of cinema I want to see. It's so good. Um, There's like so many good reviews of this movie. I know. There were a yep. lot. So, like, I'm trying to just, like, decide what I want my last one to be. But was, I guess I'll do this one. Because it's funny. It made me it made no, me sorry. laugh out loud. And I think that you're going to really like it. Okay. Um, all it says is it's from Letterboxd user Susie Fahrenheit uh, Tepes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, four stars. And it says, shit, dude. I didn't know Bianca Del Rio was from outer space. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys, Alex just Ooh. has started watching um, – RuPaul's Drag Race for the first time over the past couple of months. She's obsessed with it. So I saw this and I said, she will truly enjoy that If so you much. haven't been able to tell from all the fucking drag slang we use constantly, um, oh, I love Bianca Del Rio. So good. So Yeah, we're those so like annoying delightful. straight white girls that are like, I'm going to use drag words. Sorry. I don't care. It's really good. I'm really into right now Monique Hart's talking about how everything is the goop, the goop of it all. And I can't oh, stop. Yes. I'm like, ugh, give me the ooh-ah sensation. You're I too much. It. I love but it. But yeah, so. One of my reviews I didn't use, um, I just want to make note, I should have said it when we were talking about him. She referred to the um, Clownzilla as Big Chungus. Jesus like, Christ. Oh, Big Chungus, incredible. Absolutely Do you know accurate. the Big Chungus meme? Yeah, of course. Okay, I'm just making sure that you didn't, that you weren't uneducated, Grandma. Oh, fuck off, Anya. <laughs> Anyways, that is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So, before we go here on the Girls Who Cry Be Horror, of course we have some shout-outs that we need to do. So please stick with us. These are so important. Um, For starters, we want to start with our second-ever podcast shout-out here. And it's one that is very near and dear to our hearts from our friends Abby and Roberto. 
Their podcast is Dearly Departed with Abby and Roberto. And if you're wondering, you know, what is this magnificent podcast, let me tell you, here's their podcast description. It says, looking for a zeitgeisty podcast that tackles all things relevant in the pop culture obsessed world of today? Well, look literally anywhere else. Dearly Departed, the fresh new pod from a pair of brilliant, struggling writers, dives deep into the overlooked TV shows canceled after one season or less. From the super couples you didn't know existed to the messy cliffhangers that'll never be resolved, Dearly Departed is here to shed light on the shows that you and seemingly everyone else missed. Um, so, I cannot praise the show enough. I mean... Not only have these two been incredible supporters of our show, which mm-hmm. means so much, um, but their podcast was out before our podcast was ever out. Um, I love it. I've listened to every episode. Um, it's very, it goes very hand in hand with our podcast because not only is it like a podcast tackling entertainment, like ours is movies, theirs is TV. Ours is theirs isn't genre specific um but where our our podcast is like hey here's some movies most of the time usually that we're like you should definitely watch you should definitely check out after we tell you everything about it theirs is these are shows that you probably should not waste your time on (laughs) and you don't have to because we're going to tell you everything you need to know about it um it's super fun they're both super funny super talented it's just like they have a great dynamic between each other personally of their catalog so far my favorite episode was their episode on Brittany and kevin chaotic the one season Britney Spears reality show. I listened to it when I was cleaning my bathroom and it was very fitting. Um, but yeah, you can check them out um, on every place that you can listen to our podcast. So iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, The Works. Um, they are also on Instagram. I believe their handle is um, at Dearly Departed The Pod. Um, mm-hmm. But also, when this episode goes live, we will definitely share their information on our own Instagram so you guys can find them. I highly recommend. Like, You know I'm a bitch for, like, any hidden gem one season or, like, low-budget movie I've never heard of. Like, such mm-hmm. a great, like, pool of content that, like, I've – most of them I'm like, I don't know what that is, but now I'm going to fucking check it out. I know, I know. When they first uh, – when they first, like, launched this podcast and Roberta was telling me – what the concept was I was like that's fucking genius Mm -hmm. like there are so many like some of my favorite shows ever have been one season shows like I like Freaks and Geeks is one of my favorite shows yep ever it's Um, incredible my so-called life Mm -hmm. um there's the Bo Burnham show Zach Stone (laughs) is gonna be famous I fucking love that show um let me tell you there was this show on NBC when I was in high school called the Black Donnellys and nobody uh knows what it is Nobody. It, like, completely went under the radar. It was on NBC, and it starred Jonathan Tucker, who I have, like, a massive crush on, and Olivia Wilde, and it's just, like, the Irish mob, and I was like, I'm Irish. I love this. <clears throat> and so if um, Dearly Departed ever wants to fucking tackle the Black Donnellys, I will be there. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so good. So, yeah, we cannot, su- we cannot support them enough, so definitely check them out. Segwaying from that, mm-hmm. um, something that, obviously, we've touched upon to some degree, not heavily thus far in the episode, but something that we want to take a a whole moment to touch upon is obviously the current Black Lives Matter movement. Um, It is more important than ever. I mean, unless you're living under a rock, like I'm sure that you know most Mm -hmm. of what's going on, we want to reiterate, If I can't even remember at this point so far into the episode, if we ever outwardly stated it, but I'm going to state it again if we did. 
that here on the Girls Who Cried Be Horror, we are in nothing but support of this movement. Mm -hmm. And to be quite frank, um, we're not really trying to cultivate a group of listeners that are against it. Um, So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, ugh, shut up, stop listening. It's that fucking simple. I'm going to be honest. If you're still listening and that's what you think, I'd be surprised. Yeah, fucking (laughs) for real. Um, But anyway, so we want to take this time with all these shout outs to individually each shout out two um, organizations that not only we have donated to, but that we feel are worth your donations. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a myriad out there that are worth your donations. Once again, if you're on social media at all, like, there have been countless links and things to donate to and support. And obviously, at the end of the day, like, not everyone is financially able to, to I can't speak, Jesus, to donate. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, there's links for that, too, that you can, like, easily find, like, videos you can watch or whatever. But also, like, any small donation counts. Like, me and Alex are not people that are, like, either of us are, like, really financially well off. Um, no. But, like, we can both make donations. Because at the end of the day, like, if you get a bunch of your friends to each make small donations, it all adds up. Like, it, it really, really mm-hmm. does. Um, so, anyways, anywho, yes. I don't want to keep rambling. But we want to take the time to shout out some organizations, give a little bit of information on each one mm-hmm. that we think – and we want to encourage our listeners and supporters to donate to, and links to all of them will be in our uh, episode description. So, Alex, if you want to start. Sure. I just also want to say that everything that's going on right now, like, black lives have always mattered. They mattered yes. yesterday. They mattered today. They will matter tomorrow. And I know that, you know, it's something that has really come to the forefront, which is very important, and it's I'm glad it's finally, like, truly here. Um, but... You know, your social media, like, timelines might be very full of Black Lives Matter movement things right now, but they might not be in a month or two. That doesn't mean that it's over. That doesn't mean that it doesn't matter anymore. Correct. So I just want to, you know, remind everybody that even if you're not seeing it all day, every day anymore, it's still there. It's still very valid, and it still needs support, and you need to still do your part in whatever you can do. So I just wanted yes. to say that. Um, so the I found two really amazing organizations that... I want to support and shout out. The first one is called My Block, My Hood, My City. And this is honestly such an amazing organization. It is based in Chicago. Um, I'm just going to read the mission statement real quick. It's very short. Um, They are a Chicago-based organization that provides underprivileged youth with an awareness of the world and opportunities beyond their neighborhood. So what I like about this organization is that they kind of have their hand in a lot of different areas instead of just like focusing on one specific like goal they have a lot of goals so for instance you know they work they have a small business fund that helps small business owners who may have been affected by covid and you have had to close down who can't really like you know pay their rent or their bills they also help small businesses that have had looting or property damage during any protests to help them like you know fix their property storefronts replenish inventory that got taken anything like that so I think that's really wonderful that they're helping out the small business community they are are also um, providing food and sanitary items like toiletries and medicine to senior citizens and anybody who is disabled in the community so that you know it's obviously a lot harder for those people to get out and get the things that they need and they're also at a much higher risk just being out and about every day so that's really wonderful they have so Mm -hmm. many different parts of their organization so those are just a couple of them they have like a whole thing try to help people open bank accounts to end the cycle of poverty so they're really wonderful i can't talk about them enough but 
they have so many different elements that I don't want to go into all of them. So please, if you are interested, donate to them. Your money will go to a lot of <coughs> different elements of need, I guess. Um, that doesn't really make sense, but you know what I mean. Um, so check them out. My block, my hood, my city. Um, and the other one is called Pretty Brown Girl where their mission is to educate girls of color and encourage self-acceptance by cultivating social, emotional, and intellectual well-being. So Pretty Brown Girl is pretty much just this like really strong foundation that provides opportunities to young girls of color to work within their community, to attend these empowerment events, just so they can kind of cultivate and understand their importance as a, a person, a woman, a person of color, and like find that self-confidence and empowerment within themselves. I feel like it's so important to teach the like any any young person that they matter, that they are valued, that they are important. And that's wonderful. So they do that all over the country. It's like a very it's a countrywide organization. And I uh, I'm always for uplifting women. I think that's wonderful. So please support them too, Pretty Brown Girl. And those are the two that I wanted to pitch today. Wonderful. Um, the two uh, foundations that I wanted to support. Um, the first one, uh, my friend Mary Gagliardato, wonderful, wonderful, beautiful human being. Um, she actually introduced me to this one. Um, it is the Loveland Foundation. So what they do is they make it possible for black women and girls uh, nationally to receive therapy support, which therapy is so important for everyone. Um, but especially in these times, like black women and girls, like they need to be able to have these resources. Um, they provide quality and culturally competent services for black women and girls because they are partnered with a bunch of organizations like Therapy for Black Girls, National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network, Talkspace, and Open Path Collective. So they have like a broad network um, of therapy and different kinds of therapy for these girls. Um, it's incredibly important, as I said already, like you cannot overstate how important like therapy is for a myriad of reasons. Um, so I strongly believe in this foundation. I cannot support it enough. Um, my second one um, is the Homeless Black Trans Women Fund. Um, it is actually, I don't know off the top of my head, so forgive me. I know it's on GoFundMe. I believe that's where you donate. I don't know if there's other places to donate. I'll be linking the GoFundMe link in our description. Um, but obviously, if you find other ways to donate to them, obviously go for it. Um, essentially, it was started um, to help a small community of black trans women living on the streets in Atlanta. But since then, it has grown. And now they've become... Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I forgot to mention that um, the small community of black trans women living on the streets, um, a lot of them are also sex workers. Um, but it has been able to grow now um, to help... Um, a plethora of homeless trans women living in Atlanta, especially black and brown trans people. Um, I, I mean, once again, I, I to me, I'm like, it's so obvious why this cause deserves your money. Um, in general, like, homelessness is a huge issue in this country. Um, and there is clearly, like, unfortunately, we live in a world where, like, there is still so much hatred and violence and every awful thing of the sort toward the trans community um and sex workers and just like combining all of that like I truly cannot fathom any more reason you would need to donate to a cause like this um these are all places both places that we've mentioned each of us um that any donation counts 
any donation counts. I mean, my friend Mary, when she did, when she introduced me to the Loveland Foundation, it says that, like, you know, the price of, like, what a therapy session could cost. So if you get, like, you know, like, five of your friends to each donate, like, $10, then collectively you paid for, like, one session of therapy for a black woman or girl. Like, and that does make a difference. Like, so, once again, all of these will be linked in the description. Um, obviously, we're not sitting here giving you the most thorough, you know, fact for fact for fact, like, descriptions of these places, but we're providing the links so that you can do further research upon them. Um, and once again, Black Lives Matter. Um, they have always mattered. They will continue to matter. And as you were saying, obviously there was a huge surge of this again. Not again, but obviously Black Lives Matter has been a movement that's been around even before things that have happened during this pandemic. And obviously there's another rise of it again, which incredible, amazing, yes. Um, and I know that like now it seems like a lot of timelines, it's kind of like people are like trying to ease back into like what they feel is normalcy, which is not seeing it all over your timeline. Um, and it's kind of easy for them now to be like, well, I donated, I donated to this one place wiping my hands clean of it I've done my part and it's just like especially speaking for both of us who are both white people um it's not done I mean black people who live with this every day it's never done for them so there is a privilege in being white and being like well I donated and now it's too stressful for me and I need to step away from it these people have to live it they can never step away from it this is the world that they live in so you have to recognize and understand that it is a privilege to be like mm, I'm I'm done with this I'm over this like, get the fuck over yourself because it's not done. And there are a myriad of other ways that you can become, not become a supporter, but continue to be anti-racist and help this movement, not only by donating, but by educating yourself, by taking, and hugely by taking, like, a look at yourself and just, like, realizing that, like, you're not faultless. None of us are. I mean, whether it's, like, microaggressions you didn't realize were microaggressions, like, all of it like it's just like holding yourself accountable and allowing yourself to grow and learn and like normalizing you know changing your beliefs when you become better educated um but anyway once again those will all be linked in the description and just because like our podcast is centered around horror and specifically <laughs> horror movies um even though any any putting any of this information out there is helpful everyone you there's not enough we can do Right. Um, but something that maybe is specific to our podcast that we could share with you guys is, as of right now, when we're recording it, it's available for free. Hopefully, maybe it still will be, but if it isn't, we'll get to that. But there is a documentary called um, Horror Noir, mm -hmm. which covers um, the history of black horror. Um, it is incredibly interesting. It's so good. It's just on a base level of, like, if you enjoy film, you enjoy horror, you whatever, it's interesting. But it's also incredibly important because it obviously tackles a perspective that, like, has been essentially, like, not discussed, not seen for so long and is necessary. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's based off a book by the same name um, in which a great quote is, you know, black history is black horror. Yep. Um, so it's a great way to educate yourself and also then like because in within it, it talks about different movies. So if you're trying to go even further, like there's movies in there you can watch or whatever. Like I know one that we've both seen is like The People Under the Stairs, Absolutely. Great Wes Craven film. Um, 
So yeah, we recommend that. It is available as of right now for free on Shudder to stream. If it is not when this episode comes out, honestly, we're always plugging Shudder. We love Shudder. It's a great horror streaming service. I think you can get like a free trial of it. So at the very least, just get the free trial and watch that. At the Or honestly, but we recommend like, honestly, pay for a subscription. Yeah. We love Shudder. And Shudder also just added a bunch of other black horror films. They added like yes. Blackula and a bunch of other ones. So, I mean, now is the time, you know, immerse yourself in black cinema, black horror. It's great. I feel like it's way underrated and underviewed, so check it out. Yeah, and, you, like, you know, there's obvious ones like Get Out or whatever right. because those, like, have been more recent, but, like, there definitely needs to be more of it, but there's also a lot out there that is undiscovered. And, like, educating yourself in any way, whether it's reading or, you know, watching media, like, that can be very transformative for a lot of people. So, yeah, that's what we would recommend to our listeners. Absolutely. And now we will move on to our staple um, – shout outs for the people that help us make this podcast possible um so we want to thank nathan graham again for making our wonderful music that we love so much you can follow him on instagram and on spotify at blue caprice please support him he's a wonderful artist yes um Secondly, as always, is my sister, Bridget Garrity, who did the artwork for our podcast. And in the last two episodes, I guess I was mistaken. I thought her Instagram was private. It is not. It is public. So you can follow her and see all of her artwork that she's ever done because she has them either posted right on her Instagram or she has like one of those saved stories on her profile of all her art um at bridget underscore elizabeth xo um as i've said before she's done great art you know she does superheroes i think the most recent one she did was post malone which is interesting um but yeah definitely check her out give her a follow and last but not least you can also follow my husband to be and our editor I also messed up his stuff, he told me. Um, he is at Volante Views on Twitter, which I incorrectly said. Um, so please follow him. He's really funny. He's smart. He's a great writer. We mm. love him. Yes, um, we do. And obviously, you can also follow us on our Instagram at the girls who cried Horror, or yep. send us any emails at thegirlswhocriedbehorror at gmail.com. Send us yes. recommendations for movies you'd like us to do, any kind of helpful feedback if you have ideas for things that we should, you know, do maybe instead of reviews or in addition to reviews, any kind of like fun, fun thing. Or follow us on Instagram. We do fun Q&As after every episode so that we can talk to you guys, see what you liked, what you didn't like. Yeah. Well, I guess we have talked long enough for today. So Mm -hmm. thank you for checking us out. We are the girls who cried be horror. Yes, we are. Stay spooky, bitches. Yes, keep it creepy. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.